five, four, three, two, one. Tappers, what's up? It is the Thursday edition of the Daily Tap. Hope you're all doing well. I know I am. I'm hanging out in Austin. I'm not here. Not in Milwaukee. Weather's not supposed to be great today, but we'll make the most of it. I'm sure I'll have a few drinks early and have a great time. Today's podcast will just be all of the draft manifestos that I did with our guy Murph, and we will go from quarterback to secondary. If you've missed the draft manifestos or you've skipped over them because maybe you just have too much NFL draft content in your life, I will say that if you're reading mock drafts of Packer writers, we hit on a lot of guys that are mentioned. And they, we did this back in early April and then, I don't know, early, late March and then early April. So like Murph and I, like we were ahead of the curve. I just want you all to know that. And we kind of look at top five guys. We look at the guys we don't want in the NFC North. And we look, we talk about just, you know, people we don't want either. So we get into all of it. Um, I ride for Rondale Moore on the uh, wide receivers. Not as big of a Rondale Moore guy as I was when I taped that. Also, too, we didn't know Mercedes Lewis would come back. So with the tight ends, if you're wondering why that happened, we taped it before Mercedes Lewis signed. I think that's the only the only two things to kind of know. Um, so enjoy, and uh, I'll talk to you guys Monday. We'll be back Monday, and can't wait to go over everything that happened this weekend. I will dive in. I will have takes. Don't you worry. I will be just the same podcaster as I am uh, not on vacation. All right, take care, guys. We'll talk Monday. All right, the building of a draft board with Murph. Every year on SnowTapWI.com, we have the Murph's Big Board, and it is wildly popular. And so we thought, let's blow this out a little bit, and let's talk about the different positions that might fit for the Packers, as well as just the entire the entire landscape. Because what, what fun is only doing about four or five positions? So I'm here with Nolan Murphy, draft expert, draft guru, however you want to call him. Uh, and he's joining us, and we're excited to talk about the board. Draft czar. I draft czar, I like that. I like that. We can do draft czar. And I look at this as, you know, my draft manifesto. This yeah. is kind of peeling be, you know, peeling the curtain back, going behind the scenes for those BTS people out there, <laughs> and showing people how I get to the famous article that we launch every year for 10-plus years on draft day. This is... Showing you how I get from point A to point B. I've watched a lot of the Senior Bowl. It's typically what I do after the Packers get eliminated to avoid other NFL coverage. And I also have a torn ACL. So we are going to probably, <laughs> you know, that's broken here first uh, on Snowtap WI. But you're probably going to have the most in tune, invested Nolan Murphy that you've seen since I was 17 in the NFL draft. That also is the last time I was really severely hurt with a broken pelvis. Coincidentally, uh, we are back here again. So There we go. Water finds its level, right? Yeah. And uh, we're going to start with quarterbacks. How this is going to work is we're going to talk about, like, basically the guys that we'd want on the Packer roster. Might be a top five, might not be. I personally don't really like this quarterback class. I put it on a brave face, talking about him. And then as for the top guys, you're like, obviously – the Packers aren't drafting Trey Lance, right? And most, well, most, pre- you know, uh, we're not going to go through the first round yeah, and say, like, no. God, I'd love Jamar Chase, because no. that's never going to happen. Right. But we're going to talk about, you know, guys who end up on the NFC North, guys we just do not want to see in our division, 
guys that we don't want to see as like a rival playing for like a Seahawks or a 49ers or a Lions and things yeah. like that. And that's how we're going to touch on the top guys. We're going to try to keep these episodes to 20 minutes and under so you can consume them fastly. And also in the next month and a half leading up to the NFL draft, which is actually also the same weekend as the Kentucky Derby, which is awesome, but also a bummer when you have those sports holidays overlap. Yeah, that is that is a bummer. It is the last day of the, the draft. Though. I don't know. The third day, I'm not as dialed in. I feel like Thursday has kind of become an event. Like, you drink, you go out. Like, it's a fun day to, like, kind of be with your buddies. Even that Friday can be fun. But yeah, it is. That Saturday, I think you can you can parlay it off to the Derby and be okay. Derby's also at 5 o'clock. That's true. So, so it's a little later. You're and, calling in your seventh-round picks and your right. undrafted free agents. That's the time I like the most because that's where the Packers have had the most success over oh, yeah. the years. But Just the Tremont, yeah, Sam Shields. T- t- Alan Lazard, Rob yeah. Tanyan. You know, those guys were you know yeah, acquired later in the, the yeah later in the process, but still you know they had zeroed in them as undrafted free agents. So we're going to have some fun with this. Yep. People always love Chuck and I together. We might even get Mitch on an episode. We know he loves... <laughs> talking about the NFL and would much rather probably talk about the MLB draft, which no one cares about. Right. So. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe this becomes an NBA draft, too. If it, with how your ACL is going, uh, we might have to just bring it into the NBA. We know there are some strong Cape Cunningham takes that you do have. And, you know, I don't know if they're for public consumption just yet. They're still getting ironed out. But right. They're definitely not positive. So, <laughs> But let's start with the quarterbacks. Um, why don't you go through some of the names, the guys you like, and I'll, I'll do the same. So I think a lot of people that you know follow me for Packers stuff know that I basically drank the Kool-Aid and have bought into Jordan Love because having a, three quarterbacks in 40 years is very attractive to me as you know, we all look down 94 and look at the Bears who have Andy Dalton now and it's haven't sick. had a quarterback in our entire lifetime, which nope. we're very fortunate about. But if I could pick a quarterback this year in day two, which to follow the Ron Wolf, you know, kind of M.O., you, right. you should draft a quarterback every year. That doesn't have to be the first round, but it sh- you should select a quarterback every year because it is the most important position in professional sports. You never can have enough, and you never want to have to go to Seneca Wallace when you have an injury, as we yeah. saw a couple years Absolutely. ago. So I would go Kellen Mond. I love that dude from AM. He played a ton in college football, did well in the SEC, has similarities to Dak Prescott in terms of putting up big numbers against tough competition. He has a great arm. They just never could put it all together at AM, and he's getting knocked a lot because you look at this quarterback class, and he had a lot of success. Now, he never went to the college football playoff, but, I mean, the body of work versus someone like him against Kyle Trask, I, I don't see how you cannot go count. And, and you have a good system, too, right? Jimbo, say what you want about Jameis, right? And Jameis has had some issues and with you know his turnovers. But Jameis is a guy that Sean Payton's attracted to. Sean Payton brought back, wants Jameis to stay. Jameis started in the Jimbo system, and it worked out. And it worked out. He was a starter right out the box. So I, I like Kalamon a little bit more that you've sold it. He was number four on my list um, just from a guy where I didn't know if the Packers would be ready to draft a quarterback like Mon where it'll be picked. But yeah, I think there is some attractiveness and maybe some buy low potential. So the number two quarterback in an ideal world that the Packers could pick, I actually just mentioned, Kyle Trask. I see a lot of Ryan Tannehill in him, not as athletic. One-year wonder, which is always scary, but that's why you probably don't pick him day one. No. We've seen so many horror stories over the years of day one guys like, 
you know, Jay Kersher, Christian Ponder, Mitch Trubisky. And when I say day one guys, guys that didn't have a lot of starts in college. Florida doesn't really have that much talent. I mean, we'll, we're going to talk about that in a few episodes of Wide Receiver, and I don't like Tony that much at all. Yeah, I don't see it. Guy. But Kyle Trask looked really good at times in the SEC, and I think he could almost be like a Jacob Eason, who the Colts drafted a few years ago and I really liked. Big arm and smart guy, can know how to get through adversity. Do I think the Packers are going to take either him or Mond? Highly unlikely. It would right. get tons of criticism. But yeah. we've seen with the re-signing of Aaron Jones is – the Packers really don't care about criticism. If they like a guy, they're going to pick yeah. A.J. Dillon and then re-sign Aaron Jones. So, it, the, yeah. Packers, the Packers, the haters don't bother them. They have hater shades on. They don't care. They they think they have a Super Bowl roster. I probably agree with them. I think the take that was out there last, last week was if David Bakhtiar is healthy, they go to the Super Bowl. And I think that's fair. I think that's totally fair. And so they're like, well, let's run it back. And if it means maybe trading Jordan Love for a talented player and then you – basically reset by drafting a Mond or a Trask in the second day. All right, let's go. Let's let's reset this sort of counter and do it again. Now, if they go into day three, how do you feel about a guy like Ian Book, Sam Allinger? Sorry, though, Ian Book obviously undersized, but a winner, a guy, he just, he screams back a quarterback. He, he screams Chase Daniels to me. I like Ian Book a lot. I thought he performed well at Notre Dame at times. He is your typical bro Notre Dame quarterback that oh, yeah. we've all been looking for. For years, probably the most decorated Notre Dame quarterback since Brady Quinn, I would yeah. say, from an accomplishment standpoint. There were a few others in there that sprinkled in and had success. Ian Book is a 10-year, at least, backup quarterback that can be put into a position from time to time, like a Ryan Fitzpatrick, like an Andy Dalton, who started probably too long yeah. in the NFL. And you brought up another name, um, Sam Ellinger. I mean, is Texas back? They have never officially no. been back, and no. many times all-time backfire with the "we're back" after the Sugar Bowl win uh, after 2019. So Sam Ellinger, who is he, Chuck? He, like who? Like where do you flight him in in today's NFL? Because uh, so he he has some dual threat ability, but he also hasn't been able to stay healthy, and he has this he ha- he, but he also can kind of carry a team. You can see that sort of leadership mentality that you want. Um, Poor man's Drew Brees? Yeah, well, that's what I was thinking for Ian Book, because Ian Book's short, and I mean, maybe that's... I'm disrespecting our short kings here, but um, Allinger, yeah, maybe Lil Tannehill, a a bit of that. That's, to me, what I would say. I think, again, another guy that's probably a backup, and that, at the end of the day, I don't know if he takes that next step. Um, I think everyone kept waiting for Allinger to sort of make that next step, and it just never happened for him. Um, the other guy we haven't mentioned is Jamie Newman, who I know you're kind of out on. Um, and that's the first one of which we'll talk about a lot of, of these COVID guys who did not, who opted out. What What is their draft stock going to look like? Are they going to fall? Like if Jamie Newman falls to the fifth round, I feel like you got to take Well, he might have like, been a first round pick if he would have played at Georgia, right. which is the crazy thing. Yeah. And Jamie Newman is a dual-threat dude that came from Wake, had a lot of buzz about him, never could stay healthy at Wake. Wake's had so many quarterbacks dating back to Tyler Cameron. Yeah. I mean, they are a quarterback uh, cemetery, to say the least. I don't mind Jamie Newman, but I really do think if the Packers are going to take a quarterback, they are going to pick one in the sixth or seventh round. I don't think they can really allocate assets right now to 
you know, a fifth round pick. But then also, you have to remember, we picked Matt Flynn and Brian Brown when we had Aaron Rodgers. So <laughs> yeah. I would not rule out the quarterback position at all this year because it's so important. Anything right. to add? Do you think of guys that we kind of maybe missed or that you would like to highlight? Like, no. I look at a KJ Costello. No, I just don't see it. No. I don't like KJ Costello. I really don't like Peyton Ramsey. Peyton Ramsey at Northwestern never the, really the, showed anything. The only thing you could maybe sell yourself on Peyton Ramsey because he's good size is that he just played in a shit system. And wasn't, you know, didn't have necessarily that system you liked. Davis Mills is another guy who has great size, again, but played in a system that really wasn't quarterback-focused. Also had a ton of injuries. Had a lot of knee problems. That's a big risk. But again, another buy-low potential guy. So, one last guy, and then we'll get to the quarterbacks we don't want in the NFC North or on big-time rivals like the 49ers and Seahawks. This is a seventh-round undrafted free agent, uh, Dustin Crum from Penn oh, yeah. State. Little Maction in there. He had huge numbers, uh, but they only played four games last year. Yeah, that's a really small sample size. But, yeah, they lit it up. Take, I mean, yeah, take a flyer on him, put him on the practice squad. That's where he will live and see what he materializes into. See, I mean, Tim Boyle just got signed to be whatever the Lions are going to do from a future. You know, he'll be Jared Goff's backup because they released Chase Daniels, but – we developed Tim Boyle for, I think, three years, right. and he was one of those guys that had more interceptions and touchdowns at Eastern Kentucky. Well, let's see what Matt LaFleur and Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah. And, and, uh, and that's the whole point of like getting these quarterbacks in, right? Is and like, Getty can do. You, yeah, if you can get to that level of like getting a guy at a seventh round or an undrafted and building him up to either A, get him paid, but B to maybe flip him at some point if he looks great in preseason and say, all right, can we get a pick for him? Can we can we bring this in? And I, I think you're spot on. I mean, they, they've definitely made that attempt with like a guy like Manny Wilkins. Uh, yep, from Steve, Arizona State. Steven w. Montez from Colorado. Um, so they've had, they've had guys come through. And I think undrafted free agents probably would come to the Packers just for the fact of, I get to hang out with Aaron Rodgers. And learn from a yeah. top five of all-time yeah. quarterback. Yeah. That's Dun- no-brainer. Yeah. Done are the days of having Seneca Wallace. We are going to go back to the days of having quarterback rooms with Kurt Warner and Ty Detmer and Mark Brunel and Aaron Brooks. That is the the model that Goody lives off of. He is a Ted Thompson and Ron Wolf guy. And it's something Ted just got away from for some reason. Maybe they, they had to let Matt Flynn go. He got paid, but... Matt Flynn was someone you could always know you could plug and play, and he wasn't going to lose you a game. If you're that talented like the Packers, you have major Super Bowl aspirations, you need someone. Your season is probably going to be over if Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, but say he dislocates his non-throwing shoulder, he's out for four games, you need to go two and two. Yeah, you need someone to be able to steady the tide. Look at the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah, Chad Henney, he figured it out. That was a huge reason the Chiefs were able to get back to the Super Bowl. And even look at the Buccaneers. They had Blaine Gabbard and right. Ryan Griffin. They were ready yeah. in case... In case Brady, yeah, old man Brady showed up. When, so Yeah, when you put the chips in, you got to make sure you can just survive for a couple weeks. Yeah, absolutely. And to move to now the guys we don't want to see in the NFC North or the NFC rivals, Justin Fields, I think, is at the top of my list. I just feel like he's he could end up being the most talented guy besides Trevor Lawrence. I would 100% agree. I do not get the knock on Justin Fields. He looks like a more athletic Big Ben. Yeah. He has a cannon. It just of feels arm. like we're doing the whole Trubisky, Watson, Mahomes thing all over again. Yeah, and just with Zach Wilson. And I know this seems like a no-brainer quarterback class, but you have to remember every year this gets screwed up. Mm-hmm. 
you know, Russell Wilson was not a day one draft pick. Aaron Rodgers fell to the late 20s. Drew Brees was a second round draft pick. You just have to realize that this is not an exact science. We'll see about Baker. What? What? Um, you know, we'll what, see about Baker. Like number one overall, yeah. his legacy is not ironed out yet. No. But I love Justin Fields. He's a guy that I would hate to land in Detroit. Yeah, if Mac Jones went to the Bears, would that scare you? Um, no, because it's the Bears. <laughs> but I do like Mac Jones. Mac yeah. Jones a ton. Yeah. I know Alabama quarterbacks have not been good historically because they play on an all-star team right. with position players. But Mac Jones put up Joe Burrow numbers. He's smart. He is going to the Patriots, I feel like. Dude, is that yeah. a done oh, deal? I, I think that is such a done deal. Now with all the guys they've signed and all these talent, this free agents that they've brought in, I don't know if they're going to go after a positional player. Like, if we were doing this for the Patriots board, I think we would be talking about Mac Jones as, like, the number one option. And if Saban's, if Saban signs off on Mac Jones... He's going to the Patriots. That's that's what it'll be because that's how it'll work. And that's because they communicate. Yeah, Belichick, yeah. And, Belichick Saban. and Saban are so close. Trey Lance, I have not seen enough of. No one has. Yeah. Played one game in a weird COVID year. I would be fine with him going there. Yeah. There's just not enough known about him. He's a much better athlete than Carson Wentz. Yeah, I was going to ask, do you think that Carson Wentz is like kind of on and off, good, bad, as would affect Trey Lance's draft stock. It shouldn't, but that, you know, the draft gets weird like that where people compare guys for just because they played at the same college. Yeah, I think more just because he's from a small school and a small sample size. I just think Carson Wentz is a bad decision maker. Yeah. He, he makes bad decisions with the ball. He makes bad decisions when running the ball. That's how he got hurt in his MVP yep. season because he thought he was Steve McNair and could run over dudes and blew his ACL out yeah. in the Coliseum against the Rams on a touchdown run. So I hope that doesn't affect Trey Lance. I just would not be willing to draft him in the top 10 unless I was a GM that had a lot of leash. Because if you're a GM that needs to save his job, I would not attach my name to Trey no, Lance. No, I don't think so. Uh, lastly, I think we can all be happy that Trevor Lawrence is going to be in the AFC. Right? Yes, that's a gift. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence looks like he is the most for sure thing since Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning. I mean, he could have gone first overall a year ago. He could yeah. have gone first overall maybe after his freshman year, and it'll be fun when we have to play Trevor Lawrence once every four years. Right. Yeah, it'll be primetime game, Jacksonville, Green Bay, if Rodgers is still there. Or and... even if Jordan Love's good. Yeah, you know, right. You never exactly. know. Absolutely. I think that does it, man. Well, we got to do the elephant in the room, Zach oh. Wilson. Oh, Zach Wilson. Okay. Zach Wilson, we both hate. Um, no one, Murph and I have been on the Zach Wilson hell really since – it was even before the Boca Bowl when you went down there and watched BYU. I was already telling you I don't get it. Like I saw him in the in the top five, and I was like, I don't understand this. It just really reeks of Trubisky. And then you you watched him, and I let you go from from there. Yeah, he played more than Trubisky. He's a hothead, which is fine. At the end of the day, he's a confident dude, which is is not a quarterback trait. I you know run away from at all. You need confidence to play quarterback. I think that's something that also hurts. Uh, a Carson Wentz. Right. He doesn't have a lot of moxie and confidence. My thing with Zach Wilson is his arm's getting compared to Patrick Mahomes, which is a once in a hundred years of the NFL arm. Yep. He's not the athlete. He's not the size of Patrick Mahomes. He didn't play against top-tier competition. And also, when I was at the Boca Bowl, he was a quarterback I didn't notice that much. They ran two trick plays on their first series. Why are you running trick plays if you have a top-five quarterback? Let him throw right. the ball. Don't put him in this quirky offense. Now, I know that's college football yeah. in a nutshell, but I see a lot of – he's better than Trubisky, 
But who knows how he knows how to read defenses. And, I mean, if I was the Jets, I don't know how you take Zach Wilson over Justin Fields. And if he's a lion, I'm going to laugh my ass off. I, if I were if I were the Jets, I would just take Penny Sewell, and I basically have Beacon and Sewell as my two tackles for the next few years. I ride out Darnold. I draft a Kellen Mond in the third round or second round, just to be sure. And I think that's how I would do it. I, I would not. I agree. I would not attach my name to Zach Wilson. I also like this is very old school boomer take, but he wasn't a captain. And that that shit, is a boomer take. I know, but like that's, that's like a Mike Mayhawk take. Right, right, right. But that doesn't matter for any other position except for quarterback. Connor Cook was another example, and he was a disaster. Connor Cook, not a captain. Everyone said he was a prick. Chad Kelly probably wasn't a captain. Ah, swag. Swag Kelly. But Rosillo always brings this up. Even if he wasn't a captain in college, every NFL quarterback is either a designated season-long captain right. or they rotate through. The quarterback's right. going to be the captain. So... That's something, maybe it's just because he didn't believe in the Mormon beliefs. I mean, if you look back at Zach Wilson's history of how he got to BYU, he actually wanted to go to Utah. Very interesting family. He is uh, built into, like, that Utah way of life. Which... Oh, okay, so if you've watched, like, Real Housewives <laughs> of Salt Lake City with your lady, you kind of get it. Yeah, so it'll be interesting. Have you watched that show? Yes, I've had it oh. on in the background. How how can Utah be like let one of their coaches like be on that show? Yeah, it's it's unreal <laughs> the amount of people from California that decide that Utah is not a way of life. They're predicting, you know, as we wrap here, the first episode of Building Murph's draft board, you know, Nolan Murphy's draft manifesto for twenty twenty one. It looks like there'll be five quarterbacks maybe taken in the top fifteen, top twenty. I think if they're picked in the top 15 that's an NFL record yeah that seems like Christian Ponder Jake Locker here yeah Blaine Gabbert I think yeah. also was in there where he was not a lot of these guys pan out I think we have one done deal in Trevor Lawrence we'll see about Justin Fields and Mac Jones and the rest of them that we listed so I will I will say this as my final thought if that is the is that happens and we get five and 15 that makes everybody else move down, and that makes things get really good and really interesting for the Packers. Yeah, that's great for when we pick at 29. So when right. you hear us next, we'll be talking about running backs, and make sure to subscribe, rate, and review Snowtap WI. It. Thanks, buddy. All right, we'll talk to you guys about running backs in a little bit. Another edition of Building Murph's Draft Manifesto, we are talking running backs, I feel like this conversation would have been a lot different had we done this podcast a week ago. Yeah, we, Charlie and I, to bring you guys under the hood, we had always planned on doing these after free agency. We thought it would actually drag on a lot longer, but dominoes fell quickly in that first week of free agency, probably because of the looming TV deal. You either saw people got big money early or took one-year deals like a Juju Smith-Schuster or Aaron Jones re-signed to the Green Bay Packers, which... I had said goodbye to Aaron Jones. Oh, yeah. I, I had done my last night with him in bed, <laughs> and we had you know, decided to part up ways. So what Goody figured out is he's basically going to give Aaron Jones the $8 million franchise tag, which we could never sign him to because it would have put a cap hold on the cap, and we would have never been able to do anything. So Aaron Jones is only going to make $4 million, I believe, in 2021. He then will make around eight in 2022, and then he will not be a Green Bay Packer in 2023 <laughs> under his current contract of $16 million. Russ Ball's a genius, as always. Russ gets it done and figures it out. But So I had to rework my draft board. Yeah, yeah. You know, and what Charlie and I are going to do is we're going to highlight um, kind of our top five for the Packers because this is a Packers-centric podcast. And then we're also going to touch on 
guys we don't want to see in the NFC North, which the running back position is always weird. It's not yeah. like wide receivers and quarterbacks right. where they're not going to go that high. We're, we're not going to see a Leonard Fournette go five overall no. or Christian McCaffrey. And I don't think we're going to see that until we see some next freak again. The guy from Texas, I forget his name, uh, Belage is something. He's an unbelievable player. Um, I don't know his name. I apologize. They're probably like, well, who the fuck is this guy? But, yes, they're they're going to go on the late first this year. And I think if Aaron Jones wasn't around, I would have probably been banging the drum for Travis Etienne. Now, I won't be anymore because we don't need him. Um, and But I still think they're going to look at a running back because not only could they add a third guy, they need to kind of replace what Jamal Williams did or have a third guy in there. But do you? Because isn't that A.J. Dillon? Well, right. That's A.J. Dillon. What I meant to say is you just need that. They they rotate they guys three in, dudes. in and out. They we run don't in three dudes. need Dexter Williams getting any touches anymore. He's Precisely. He's a failed draft pick per- from Notre Dame. Precisely. Which is fine. He's a day three pick. And potentially look at a guy, and I'll talk about a variety of the, the options, that are Tyler Irvin-like. Where it's like, hey, can we bring in a guy that can just be a weapon? And that's how Aaron Jones has been described. I think that's what you can try to get out of out of this draft. And there's a bunch of different guys like that. And the way I look at it is we're actually drafting Aaron Jones' replacement this year. Yeah. That's how I look at this. And that means it needs to be a day two or day three pick so he's on a four-year deal. Right. You need a home run hitter that may not be a bell cow. Aaron Jones has worked out to be a bell cow. But you need somebody that can catch passes out of the backfield. Because we're going to have A.J. Dillon for at least three more years as a day two pick. So you're going to need someone to replace the home run hitting, crazy speed, um, someone that can cut like Aaron Jones long term, which is going to be interesting. Not the deepest running back class at no, the end of the day. It's, it's a two, really not that exciting. Yeah, and we'll touch on that. It's a two running back class. But Chuck, we'll throw the baton over to you. Who are some running backs you would love to see the Packers zero in on? So I like Michael Carter out of North Carolina. Um, Dame Brugler called him a lesser version of Dalvin Cook. It's like sign me up. Like, that's, that's great. Um, Kenneth Gainwell is another guy that I like. Uh, undersized, but again, kind of fits into that Irvin route. Maybe late fourth round, you know, someone that could be available there. Those are those are my first two off, off the board on my, in my eyes. So Michael Carter reminds me a lot of Frank Gore as well. I think Dalvin Cook fits into that model. I'm a little worried about the North Carolina running back room and how him and Javante Williams fit into things. Now, Javante Williams will not be a Green Bay Packer. He is too big. He's A.J. Yeah. Dillon, uh, a lighter A.J. Dillon. I just get worried about what does that mean and where does he get on the field and will he go too high. I would put him, for me, in the same perspective as a Roundtree. Larry Roundtree yeah. from Missouri is. He's more of a bowling ball, Yeah. and I don't think the Packers need him overall. No, I, and I that's that's the hard part, I think, with this draft is there might not really be that Aaron Jones replacement. Like, when I was looking at guys, I was, like, I was having trouble, like, finding that guy who's a really good pass catcher who, like you said, can cut. Like, I like Puka Williams from Kansas. Puka Williams on my board. Yeah, I like Puka Williams. What a football school Kansas is. Well, here's (laughs) the thing, though. He doesn't have the tread as some of the other guys because, A, he opted out as the season was becoming a dumpster fire. And... He, you know, has not maybe not had the full potential. So it's a guy you could maybe get a flyer because he played for Kansas and people aren't paying attention to the Kansases of the world when there's Clemson running backs and Alabama running backs out there. 
is it crazy if Travis Etienne's available at the end of the second round for some reason? I mean, there you have to take him. <sighs> yeah, and you I just think so. get ridiculed. Yeah, you just get crushed. Yep. But I do think as you look at the Packers running back room, Aaron Jones is going to catch way more passes than he even did last year because they're going to use AJ Dillon maybe even more than they use Jamal Williams. Right. So a couple other running backs I want to highlight for the Packers specifically. I like Puka Williams a lot. He'll be a day three pick. I don't know how if Chubba Hubbard is around in day three. I have my list too. Yeah, he is a speedster from Canada. He had a lot of Heisman buzz uh, before the 2020 season started. COVID got in the way of that. OK State did not perform against big teams in the Big 12. He also has had some knee stuff. So yeah, he's he, had some shaky matches. And so did Aaron Jones coming right. out of college. He had right. some knee stuff. He is a home run hitter and someone that has a lot of pedigree. He's a sprinter, I believe. I would love Chubba Hubbard. I mean, what a name, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hearing Wayne Larrabee say, Chubba Hubbard, touchdown, would be awesome someday. And I was going to fit this guy into the wide receiver section of um, this podcast series, but I'll hit on him here. Demetric Felton. Yep. He is I'm someone like Antonio Gibson that played wide receiver in college, but played running back as well. For those that don't know, Antonio Gibson was the best rookie running back in 2020 for the Washington football team. I think that's where you get into the Tyler Irvin. Yeah conversation yeah I think that's where we find someone that's not a dead fish and that teams actually have to respect the jet sweep yeah that's a that's a complete weapon right there and Felton was in the senior bowl playing in the slot and yeah he could be considered more of a wide receiver but I think that's a type of player that Packer fans could really sell themselves the casuals are like oh this guy can do so much not only can he catch the jet sweeps but he can also run wheel routes for Rodgers and he has good hands and I love that idea. I don't know if he's Aaron Jones' replacement, per your earlier comment, but I think Felton does have a... There's something to like about him, and there is definitely... He just adds to more weapons for Aaron Rodgers. Any interest? Want to put a taste on any of the uh, Louisiana Lafayette running backs? Did any of them scratch the surface? You're a guy that watches a lot of the Sun Belt, I feel like. <laughs> I do like the Fun Belt. I love gambling on the Fun Belt. Um, you know what? That offense didn't really do much it, and that's tough I think so Aaron Jones obviously came from UTEP and UTEP is not that exciting of a or and they don't have a lot of talent in the conference USA so they're Elijah Mitchell's all right but I, again I looked at their pass catching numbers and they're just not there and that's really what I, I was honing in on as I was doing my research and I couldn't find that guy I couldn't find that one guy where I'm like wow he catches a lot out of the backfield and Again, in his has that sort of speed and quickness of Aaron Jones. I don't know if that Aaron Jones replacement exists, and that also could be why the Packers sold Aaron Jones to come back and said, "Look, we we really need you back," and maybe pressed down a little harder because they looked at it and said, "I don't know if that guy's there in this draft. They might be next year." Yeah, the Lafayette running backs Trey Ragus and Elijah Mitchell. Mitchell. I'm not too interested in overall. I'm not interested in Trey Sermon from Ohio State. No. He's a one-game hero no. in that Big Ten championship game. The last guy I would probably hit on is Javion Hawkins from Louisville. Yeah. He's small, 5'9", 182. Yes. He's Kyler Irvin. Yeah. He's somebody to hand the punt return duties off to and see if you can develop a piece into the offense. Other than that, in Puka Williams we hit on, and he's light too. I think this is a weak running back class, and you'll not yeah. see it taken very Highly, because look, we just saw the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win the Super Bowl with someone they claimed off of waivers. Now, he was a former top five pick, mm -hmm. but running back is the most overrated position in the NFL. Right, and people keep bringing him back, and these running backs have finally realized that they've realized their worth. I know it sucks, 
because we all know these guys. We all play with them in fantasy. But they all have realized that they can't expect these Le'Veon Bell-like deals. Chris Carson just signed for a very friendly deal to Seattle. And I, I like Chris Carson a lot. And, again, Aaron Great Jones. Great Mac dude. Yeah, again, Aaron Jones, another one that signed a reasonable deal. And I think all these guys are kind of – and Derrick Henry did the year before, right? And so I think that kind of weakens the class as well because there's not a lot of teams where it's like we need to draft a running back. And so, yeah, if ETN – going back to your comment, if he goes to the second round – if ETN falls, you have to look at it, and I know this is hard for Packer fans. Sometimes the casuals have a hard time with this. It's a weapon. It's a guy that just could do a lot. He His return kicks, his return punts. I really like the idea of if ETN is available, that's one of those guys where it's the best player on the board. Yeah, and you look at a guy, there's two Marshall running backs available, Brandon yeah, Cox. Another guy who doesn't, he doesn't catch the ball. He doesn't just, catch the ball. Neither does Tyler physical, King. He's just a physical running back. And uh, there's the kid from Oklahoma that's like kind of a fullback, and it's like yeah, he's I, rated high. We already have that in Josiah Daguerre. Right. There's a guy we talk tight ends. There's a guy I kind of like that has the girl like qualities that I I think the backers are going to be interested in. Um, well, I'll sit, we'll save it. Um, but starts with Tommy. Um, I know exactly, and, yeah. and he <laughs> might have a golden dome at his team at, from his college. And tight ends, when we hit on that. You never can have enough tight ends in the NFL. You saw no, the Patriots yeah. and Bill Belichick just double down again with Johnu Smith, who they paid way too much money for. But Hunter Henry, if he can stay healthy, he is a poor man's Tony Gonzalez. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Hunter Henry is good. It's just it's that big if he can stay healthy sort of thing. So so back to the running backs. Yeah. We were surprised by Aaron Jones. It shifts our thinking here. I'm happy that we have Aaron Jones back. I'm never yep. going to complain about that. Guys you don't want to see in the NFC North, Chuck. I think it really highlights on the two UNC running backs, Travis Etienne and Najee Harris. Yeah. Najee Harris, I mean, I, I think Najee Harris is really good. I just don't fit, he, think he really fits with what the Packers are doing. I know some of Packer draft Twitter wanted Najee before Aaron Jones and said, like, all right, just double up on size. Just have a couple big bodies in there. And I, I think Najee, you know, can kind of shed some of the Alabama – stink you know they have a little bit of that right with Trent Richardson Eddie Lacy things like that but Derrick Henry and Damian Harris have performed very well right TJ right. Yeldon somehow still getting paid in yeah the that's, NFL. True. that's Kenyon true. Drake still somehow oh, getting yeah. paid he'll be with the Raiders next year which I don't get oh Josh Jackson fantasy owners just sick. Josh Jacobs Josh Jacobs. well and that's because Mayock and Gruden only watch Clemson and Alabama that's so it. they have to get guys from right. there Najee Harris would bum me out but I don't see who's picking him, unless it's the Bears or Lions. Now, the Lions aren't because they have a loaded running back room yeah, with DeAndre, DeAndre Swift. They just re- they just signed another dude the other day, and they have Carry on De- uh, Johnson. So yeah. you can probably mark the Lions off of the Najee no, Harris. Vikings, Vikings wouldn't either. Um, he does have a lot of Matt Forte vibes, which brings me to the Bears. He's an incredible pass catcher. Yeah. I mean, incredible. You saw it in the college football playoff. It felt like when Alabama needed a quick first down, and the wide receivers weren't open, which they always were because they have five first-round picks over the last few years, they could just put it out in the flat of Najee Harris, and he was either going to run over somebody or get around someone. So he reminds me a lot of Matt Forte, and that would scare me a lot if he ended up in Chicago. Or one of the other big, you know, if San Francisco just decided, and yeah, they, hey, yeah. We, need, we need a guy like that, and he falls to the second round in San Francisco – it's like, all right, we'll just add another running back to our mix. Why not? Or the Falcons. You know, maybe yeah. the Falcons are a team I'm going to be high on next year because yeah, oh, the yeah, NFC South yeah, yeah. is going to be loaded Falcons up. Falcons definitely buying that over. 
Um, so no question. Travis Etienne, a very decorated Clemson Tiger, kick return freak. What is he in the NFL? Uh, but see, that's so. So you like Harris so much more than Etienne. Like, yes. I, I, I like Etienne a lot. Like I think Etienne has that pass catching ability. I think he is a little undersized. But I think he can make it. I think you know. I think Aaron Jones is going to be a comp that I think people will roll with. I think people will say, "All right, we're going to draft ETM because we want our version of Aaron Jones." Like a team like the Dolphins, I know not in the NFC, but if the, if the Dolphins were interested in a guy like ETM or uh, Aaron Jones, it's like, "All right, maybe ETM in the second round give Tua some more options at that running back position, which they have not been able to fill at all at in Miami." Yeah, and I think. You look at, I don't think the Niners are going to pick one because they just find running backs everywhere. Oh, yeah. And the Seahawks draft running backs late. There's not that much competition in the NFC is what I think we're circling around to. Yeah, I think I think we're actually okay. Like, I don't think that the NFC is going to make moves. Because I think about the teams that were rumored, quote-unquote, with Aaron Jones. Like, Pittsburgh's another team that might be looking for a running back. And, again, we're not, we don't give a fuck. We're playing Pittsburgh this year, but we don't care what Pittsburgh does. Right? And so... It's, it's fine. It's not, not a huge deal. And, yeah, I don't think we're going to have a lot of things to worry about. The last name I'll mention of people I just would rather not, Kenny Gainwell. We've seen so many productive backs as of late out of Memphis. Yeah. He opted he's out. On my li- he's on my list. I, I'd like him for the backers, honestly. Yeah, he'll um, go you know anywhere from the second round to day three, potentially in that fourth round. Fast guy. He is a little of an Aaron Jones comp, I would say. Mm-hmm. 5'11", 191. Yeah. Runs a four four seven. You know that's what you get for reading WalterFootballCamp.com. We get those <laughs> stats here uh, on Snowtap WI. So I think we're good with running backs, right? Yeah. It's, it unfortunately is not going to be a position that we probably address very early, but I'm happy that Aaron Jones is back home. Right, and then we'll you'll get into your you'll go from draft Murph to fantasy football Murph, and then you'll find one of the guys to sell us on. Um, come April, August. Oh, I'm the king of finding running backs for fantasy football. I mean, <laughs> you have to remember, you need to have like 25 in your roster for the year because, yeah. you know, week five, all of a sudden, Dalvin Cook goes down again and you're screwed. So you find out who Alexander Matson is. Yeah, that, I mean, I, but I'm in a dynasty, so I'm in my first dynasty league and I don't think I'm going to draft, I don't know if I'll draft a running back because I don't know if there's really... I got maybe Najee Harris in the right situation, or, or ETN, but... There's no Saquon Barkley where you're no. trading in a dynasty draft. No. You're, you're loading up for... Or last year, you know, there was a... Running backs went very high in fantasy football last year. Cam Akers. Yeah. You know, people thought a lot about him. So, we'll see. Yeah. Damien, Damien Harris, is he a keeper? Some are saying. I don't know. When we hear us <laughs> next, we will be talking wide receivers, a position that always fa- fascinates... Packer oh. Nation in the Oh, pinheads. no one wants to talk. Uh, Packer fans always think we need receivers, even though we have like a, a full class. But we'll talk about them, and I can't wait. Subscribe, rate, review, snow tap, WI. Peace. All right. Another edition of Building Murph's Draft Manifesto. Nolan Murphy's here. Probably should tell people at the Nolan Murphy if they don't follow you on Twitter. I got enough Twitter followers. <laughs> to last me a lifetime. I'm just kidding. Oh, man. That, we don't miss that. Don't need a blue check mark. No, I no, no. That. Blue check mark's not allowed, I would say. But we're talking wide receivers. Easily the most controversial, the most talked about, the easiest thing for people to click, to, to view. Like, it just drives in the masses. Everyone has an opinion. Like, it's kind of like a coaching carousel. Like, I wrote about Steve Wojciechowski getting fired. This is being taped a couple days after it. And I've got, like, three comments on a blog, which I haven't had in fucking since Ronald Reagan was president. So, it's 
just drives the masses. I'm excited to talk about wide receivers. Do you have a theme to the guys that you looked at? You know, and just to real quick jot off of your point, the Packers media mafia makes oh, yeah. makes their hay <laughs> off of the wide receiver yeah, position. Man. Yeah. You know, Matt Schneidman, who barely, you know, gets in a day's work, he'll write some article about the Packers' top ten needs and he'll have five receivers that are already on the Packers. You know, so it's like, what are the Packers' top ten needs at wide receiver? It'll be re-sign Devontae Adams, figure out Alan Lazard. You know, all of a sudden you're like, you get three guys, and he'll say we should get Jamar Chase. Yes, I, you know, I will have a Jamar Chase um, godfather trade built in, but it <laughs> won't happen at the end of the day. I think when you look at the Packers, it's a slot position. We miss Randall yes. Cobb. It is so ideal, but Goody loves athletic, tall guys. That's why yep. we're stuck with EQ, who I think is probably on his last life as a Packer. MBS wow. is only around because he is a home run hitter, but he also went, did not go to a Power 5 school, and that's why he can't catch. Well, also, what could be really ironic about EQ is his brother is in be, the draft. Is in the draft. Out of USC. Very attractive. His one note from uh, a draft guide I read is, should have went back to school. Yes, that you could say all the Browns should still be in school. I mean, the St. Browns are basically the ball family of of college football. If you've watched anything about them, they have like a documentary yeah, series yeah, on their dad's like nuts. Wasn't it on Fubu TV something or something like for that. a while? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe on Quibi. Who knows? Track that down if they just got acquired. <laughs> but you know, the same format as we've done for quarterbacks and running backs. We are going to highlight you know our top five ish of who we would love. On the Packers, and then we're going to talk about guys that we don't need in the NFC North or on key NFC rivals. So, right. Chuck, I think you are locked and loaded. I Let's think go. we have our. I think we probably have the same number one if we're thinking slots because I'd say Rondale Moore. I said, listen, and I don't know how you feel about him, but I would not draft him in the first round. Would I trade up in the second round to get him? Yeah, maybe. Rondale Moore is a weapon. He's short. He's undersized. You don't look like you're too happy. With I don't him. see it. I don't think he's like Tyreek Hill fast. I, uh, I think Rondale Moore had an amazing. Freshman year at Purdue, and we never heard from him again because of injury. I would be kind of devastated. I never saw Rondell Moore stick out in a Big Ten game after his freshman year. Oh, he reminds me of Kadarius Tony, who okay. I don't like out of Florida. Right. Uh, but I will give you the limelight. Back. No, 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 it's fine. I I think that Moore argument's just, good. I mean, that's where Skip no, Bayless right, and Stephen exactly, right. Yeah, I just think Moore has the physical tools, and I think yeah, he had a lot of injuries, and maybe that causes him to slip. But the guy is a weapon. And what we talked about when we talked about running backs last week, I think it's the same conversation. He can do so much for Green Bay. And he's there's a lot there. Now, if you're like maybe a little more safer, I, th- I do think there's risk. I agree. Like it's a high risk, high reward pick. But maybe a little safer, that's a similar slot Doesn't guy. Does he remind you of John Ross? No, because he's, he, he's not just a straight runner. He does. He's more of a speed guy. Kendall Wright. I mean, let's think about uh, Kevin White. I oh. mean, there's been no, some no, guys. no. Kevin White was like six four, man. I, I'm just saying, guys that just don't like. I know the comps aren't there, but people miss on wide receiver all oh, the yeah. time in the first oh, yeah. round. No, I'm not, and I'm not saying draft him in the first round. I'm saying second round, okay. But if you were gonna pivot and say, all right, let's get a guy like more in the slot, but maybe a little safer, a little more polished. I think that answers Amari Rogers from Clemson. I love Amari Rogers. He was very productive at Clemson. He could also play a little running back, Yeah, I, I think. Yeah. Um, he is on my list for sure. Yeah, I, I think Amari Rodgers is more safe. Amari Rodgers is like the, you know, the the easy, the, the that's not necessarily going to challenge you. Maybe you have between jobs, and you're like, I know that this will be a good job for me. 
I might not make as much money as I think I would. Or Rondale Moore, where it's like this job could either be like awesome for me or it could absolutely flame out and I could be looking again for another slot guy in two years. Elijah Moore, I don't understand how you don't go back to the well with Old Miss. The fact that we don't have A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf will haunt not only me, but a lot of NFL fans as they were not yeah. very highly regarded off of a bad Ole Miss team. I love Elijah Moore. He is a slot plug-and-play. We think runs good routes, played in the SEC. He would be an awesome second-round or third-round pick for me. Yeah, I, I like Elijah Moore. Um, he didn't make my list because I kind of tried to structure it as like, all right, if we're not going to go in the top rounds, like let's start looking bottom rounds. The other guy I liked that is kind of in that slot, but also has a little bit of that MVS game-breaking ability is Dwayne Eskridge out of Western Michigan. Let's go back to that Western Michigan well. They are pass-first offense. Greg Jennings, obviously, a long time ago, will bring back those sort of vibes, but he's a home run hitter. He's a guy who not only can he get out of the slot, but he can also you can also run deep. And having that with MVS will be, would be really hard to deal with if you're uh, opposing defense. Sometimes you draft, draft strength on strength. We've made it five minutes in, and how have we not mentioned Rashad Bateman? So, Rashad Bateman, here's the thing about Rashad Bateman. I just, I, he's big, he's a big dude. Like I, He's Devonta Adams. That's his comp. That's what everyone says. He's a great route runner. He played on an awful quarterback team in Minnesota. All right. No, 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 no. Why? What? I want to hear why you don't like Rashad Bateman. I just don't see us drafting a receiver in the first round. I don't think he's going to go in the first round. Really? You yes. don't think he's going to go in the first round? I, I, I don't think he's going to go in the okay. first round. I think okay. he might be around there in the late 50s. All right. If he is in the late 50s, then yes, it's a no-brainer. My view of this was I didn't think we were drafting a receiver in the first round. I would agree. So that's where I thought. I thought, looked at Bateman and just looked at what happened last year, right? With Michael Pittman and T. Higgins. I get these are different guys, right? But they all went at some point, and the Packers missed out on, I think they wanted to draft Enzel Mims. I don't think that was they, a secret. And thank God we didn't. I mean, I know we wanted to draft Brandon Ayuk, yeah. which seems like, right. if you look back, God hope to God Jordan Love's good. Yeah. Because Brandon Ayuk with Kyle Shanahan looks like a well, freaking nature. Here, but the Ayuk thing drives me nuts, and I don't mean to get on my soapbox, but like the 49ers traded ahead of us because they knew we were drafting Ayuk. That's the whole thing. So it's not our fault. Right? We can't exactly. do that. Exactly. It, it, but it makes me want to tear my hair out. It's the same with Justin Jefferson. We like Justin Jefferson. And the Vikings traded, or didn't trade up, but they had a pick ahead of us. And we were like, well, the Packers didn't draft Justin Jefferson. We didn't get a fucking chance. If we had a chance, yeah, we could laugh at us. But it, it didn't happen. It's just, there's a lot of fake news that goes around about wide receivers driving crazy. But back to Bateman. And I know I got a little ranty there. Bateman is a great player. I think Bateman is fantastic. I think he's a good dude. Uh, yeah, the Adams number got, two receiver in the NFL. Yeah, and if you are not convinced that Alan Lazard is, is your future or that Alan Lazard is just going to get paid too much money, Bateman can easily replace, and then there you go. Yeah, I think like a Terrace Marshall out of LSU will yeah. go before Bateman. I also think in your kind of mindset, Chuck, I didn't have Tutu Atwell on there because I think he's going to go too high. Yeah. Now, he's I, a perfect slot guy, but he's only 165. He's short. He's, he's really short. He's Randall Cobb, you have to remember, was like a bowling ball. Yeah, like, Randall Cobb was. I mean, Randall Cobb was a monster. I mean, he was a big dude. Packer all favor. Right. Um, would, he's, this would be a guy that would be later, so not necessarily early, but like a Shy Smith out of South Carolina. Shy Smith, Gamecock, on my list. I like that a lot. I have him as a day three pick. Right. He is not a slot player for 2021, maybe, maybe later in the year, but 
He shows a lot of the things we're looking for. As I think we're both in line is we need to slot guys. Yeah, and he can play special teams. And we hope because if you don't play special teams, as we at some point when you're listening to this, you know Jay Sternbrenner is on his last life in the Packers because he can't play right. special teams as a tight end. Right, and you will not have right now. The Packers don't have a wide receiver that plays any special teams because Alan Lazard plays yeah. too much on offense. Right, and EQ. That's why he might not be a Packer anymore. Right, exactly. because he can't figure it exactly. out. Exactly. So would you? They're probably not going to draft his brother, right? I'm on St. Brown no chance. because of... It, you because, just can't get burned twice. Right. Yeah, there's no way they... Even though he has some skills, he might be better than his brother, I don't think they could go back to that well. A couple guys I have, and this would go outside of our slot yeah. kind of conversation. Yeah. When I turned on SEC football on Saturdays, and I turned on Bo Nix in the Auburn oh. Tigers... Seth I saw Williams. Seth Williams. Seth Williams is a beast. I Seth love Williams Seth is a big Seth, dog. Seth Williams lives. Listen, I, I, if the Packers actually needed an outside guy, I would be banging my hands on the table for Seth Williams. Seth Williams is a rim runner. Seth Williams, yeah, exactly. He showed out. I think I, from I would text uh, my guy Seth about different guys. Coincidentally enough, and I believe there's a text about Seth Williams to him. And I'm going to see if I can pull it up He's quickly. Alshon Jeffrey. Oh, yeah. He is what we hope Devin Funches is. People forget, Devin Funches somehow finagled his way back under the Packers. I think he's paying us in 2021 to be on the squad. It'd be awesome if we got anything out of Devin Funches because he is a jump ball dude. But heck, Seth Williams looks like the real deal if Kelvin Benjamin ever would have panned out and stayed away from the, you know, stayed away from the Jade Gardens of the world and yeah, exactly. the, the buffets. Now he's a left tackle probably in the CFL. Yeah, absolutely. I love Seth Williams. Seth Williams. And he'll get overdrafted because yeah. some GM is going to fall in love with him. That on, size, that size is going to be is great. Because um, yeah, Seth Williams. Is he nutmegged so many corners where the ball <laughs> was just on and top. Bo of Nix really isn't a good quarterback. No, Bo Nix is like a poor man's uh, Jeff Driscoll. Yeah. He, he's not going to be an NFL player. He's he's a he's he, a he's Saturday a, quarterback. He's an SEC legend, Northwestern Mutual worker uh, in Auburn, Alabama, and he won't have to really work. So I, I have a tweet that just said Holy Seth Williams like on a random Saturday. I love there are other guys you like? Yeah, so this is where I get on my high horse. I covered this guy in high school football, which we'll hear later when we get to the defensive side oh, of I things. Know. This know, means they fall into the Marshawn Lattimore category of things. This means they fall into the Jerome Baker of the world, so Ohio State linebacker, uh, that's still on the Dolphins, the Raekwon McMillans. I once saw Marshawn Lattimore literally take a 97-yard slant to the house as a high school player, and I would have told you that day if I could have bought stock in him that he would be a great NFL player. You should have wrote. You should have wrote one of your famous letters to Goop, to Ted Thompson at that point and just said, "Dear Ted, book this." I saw Marshawn Lattimore catch a slant, 97 yards. Draft this guy in like four years. And Marshawn Lattimore has been a great pro as long as Mike Evans is an honor. Well, right, and and maybe. Oh, Marshall Lammer might be available for a trade. I don't know. Yeah, so where am I going with this? Trayvon Grimes from Florida went to St. Thomas Aquinas, which is a powerhouse in Fort Lauderdale, basically a prep school. He had some injuries at Florida, but he was a five-star recruit. Yeah. He was a big pull for Dan Mullen. He looked good. I actually thought he stood out more at Florida than Tony. I thought he was a more NFL comp receiver, and if he's around on day three, in the fourth and fifth round, and you have to remember the Packers have a lot of picks. Mm-hmm. Oh, they yeah. have multiple picks in rounds on day three, so we can get creative. We, I think we have ten draft picks. Yeah. We probably won't be picking ten players. No. So why aren't you why aren't you high on Kadarius Tony since we're dead? Why 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 aren't you high? On him? I just think he's like a gadget dude that's not fast enough. 
Okay. I never saw the speed in the SEC, and if there's this, if I don't see the speed in the SEC, I'm probably not going to see the speed on Sunday. I, I just get really worried about those guys when they're not great route runners, which Aaron Rodgers is going to have no fucking time for. Oh, yeah. No. And doesn't really have a position. And the key with the Packers receivers is you need to know how to play every position because that's what makes Aaron Rodgers great. Yeah, another guy that I well, that, does that make sense? Yeah, no, I guess? it does. Yeah. No, it absolutely does. I, another guy I he can get drafted by the Bears and just right. go die there. <laughs> another guy that I think is worth talking about and that has similar bait and style is Diami Brown. I don't know if I'm saying his name right. Diami uh, out of North Carolina. Uh, he he has one of the better releases, and he's just a good release route runner. Has a yards after the catch like Bateman. You got something? No, continue. No, no, that's that's why I got it. Tylen Wallace is a guy. Oh, I like he's Tyler going Wallace to too. right now. He's projected in the second and third round. I would not take him there. I think he actually has more of a comp of a smaller Aaron Lazard. Alan Lazard. And what I'm saying is, he's six feet. But when I turned on Oklahoma State all the time, he was the dude catching comeback routes on third down and getting buried and popping up. So I think he's going to get overdrafted a little bit. But if he's around in the fifth round, I would love uh, to take a peek. And, you know, we'll circle back. I mentioned this guy's name. Wherever he gets drafted, Demetric Felton is, is a yeah. guy that I would love for the Packers uh, on day three. Um, but it's probably time now, Chuck, to focus in on guys we don't want in the NFC North. Um, well, obviously, I think Jalen Waddell, actually, more than any of the other Over ones. Over Devontae. Yeah, I think Devontae Smith is a lion. He's going to be drafted by the Lions. I've said this now on Twitter Multiple times. Because They're, Martha Ford just saw the success right, with Mike Williams right, and Charles Rogers. Right, 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 right. And he's undersized. And some people are saying he's Martin Harrison. We'll see. I know. I, that's my comment. Yeah, I know. I know. I love that. I know. You've said it. I've heard it from other people. I think I heard it from you first. So I'll give you credit. But eh, I don't know. I, if he goes to the Lions, I'm not scared. I'll put it that way. So Jalen Waddle, the injury scares me. Oh, yeah. But he. He could be Tyreek Hill. Yes, he is. Freaky fast. So he goes to the 49ers, that's like, fuck. It's like, that That would just... Him and Ayuk, I mean, fuck. Or if he goes to the Seahawks. Oh, yeah. I mean, or the Cowboys. The Cowboys, but the Cowboys can't. Yeah, I mean, no, Jerry can't no, double down. He, he's paying half the receivers. They're going to draft Patrick Surtain. They're going to draft Patrick Surtain, Alabama guy, put him with Travion Diggs. I would watch out for the Bears. Yeah. I, I think the Bears are in Jalen Waddle territory if the quarterbacks aren't there that they want. You sell it as Andy Dalton had A.J. Green, who was a vertical receiver. And that's what you have with Allen Robinson is he signed the franchise day. Right. So, I, yeah, I mean, that would that would suck. The Vikings also getting a receiver would be would suck because they, they had Jalen Waddell and Justin Jefferson. That would be a pain in our ass for 10 yeah, years. Yeah, that would that would be KMS territory um, for sure. Um, Jamar Chase. So he doesn't play football in 2020. He has this amazing year with Joe Burrow. Is there a reason that like he should be drafted before Waddle and Devonta Smith? I mean, you raise a good question, right? Should he even be drafted over Terrence Marshall? Like, are we sure Jamar Chase is like good? And also, too, like you brought Mike Williams, which is a great drop. I loved Mike Williams in college. Uh, you could not like if Mike Williams. That, never, if he never foregoes that year of college, okay. he's way so, different. So that's my point, though. Is like, are we sure that this like some positions I think will be. Okay with the COVID stuff, but someone's gonna get burned by a guy yes, not playing football. Hundred percent. Is it gonna be Micah Parsons? I hope not. I do like Micah Parsons. Um, but linebacker for another episode. <laughs> uh, but Jamar Jamar Chase, I, yeah, I think I'd be okay if like the Eagles say got Jamar Chase at six. I would be fine. I guess if you're asking me, would I rather have Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith? 
on arrival, I probably would say Jamar Smith, Jamar Chase. So would I, because I think Devonta Smith is going to be really good. I just think when you win the Heisman Trophy, now I know it's a weird Desmond lesson. Howard, man, though, like Desmond Howard. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Devonta Smith didn't return kicks. Yeah, he was yeah, a, I know. He was a pure wide but, receiver. But that's what I'm saying, though. He and, won that award for Larry Fitzgerald. You know, a oh, guy yeah. that should have won the Heisman. Yeah, Larry, Larry Allen. At Pitt. Larry Allen. I just don't like. He is the best receiver. They said two years ago he was better than Judy and Ruggs. Yeah. And they said Waddle was better than Judy and Ruggs. Yeah. And I think Judy and Ruggs are probably going to be. Number two receivers. Yeah, I, I don't I, ever see them really like going to the Calvin Ridley it, it level. Is, I, I just a side tangent. Like I can't believe Jerry Judy isn't isn't better. Like I would have thought Jerry Judy would have been the best out of those three out of Judy Ruggs and uh, CD. Oh, I like CD Lamb. Never mind. I was always a CD Lamb guy. Love CD Lamb. People missing on Jeff, Justin Jefferson. I just oh. I was all over that. I love Justin yeah, Jefferson. I, I thought uh, if we were doing this was, last year, we would have both been like we got to draft the Justin. Table for we, Justin. Yeah, exactly. We got to draft Justin Jefferson. That's why there's no footage available from when that pick comes off the uh, on the so, television because so I freaked out. Hilarious story about that. I had just got my dog Lily. Um, it was a month in, and she ended up shitting in another room. Right when Justin Jefferson got picked, I was on a Zoom because this was early COVID with a bunch of guys, and and we were all so mad Justin Jefferson got picked. Then Lily shit right in another room, and yeah, I thought I thought the Packers season was cursed right then and there. Turns out thirteen and three, almost made the Super Bowl yet again, and it wasn't that bad. Well, good thing is I can count on one hand the number of Super Bowls the Vikings won with Chris Carter and Randy Moss, so yeah. people rot away there forever in a very cold town. I was on a live stream that. Night as well, you know, with my boy Ryan Burke for the Dave Burke Foundation. Was not happy, to say the least. <laughs> when Justin Jefferson came off the board, I will be definitely doing some tampering over the next few years if I ever see Justin Jefferson, if he wants to come play for a real team. Like, you see him in deja vu, you just kind of reach out and just say, like, hey. I send him over a bottle, you know, <laughs> no, no no strings attached, don't worry right, about it. Right, exactly. Very, very uh, Tony Soprano of you. Anybody else that we missed? I, I, don't, I think we really... We're loaded up for the wide receiver position. I don't think you're going to find this content really honestly anywhere else. No, um, no. People are just going to complain about how we haven't given Aaron Rodgers enough help. Uh, where, like, if Alan Lazard was an actual restricted free agent, he'd probably be getting, like, three years, $20 million. By the so. way, Rondell Moore squats 600 pounds. Just want to throw that out there. Uh, great. So no, what, I'm what, just saying he might be Randall Cobb. What does EQ squat? <laughs> I don't know, but I, he has that bowling ball Randall Cobb. Like, you just... I, People have to I remember should... with Goody, unless you're in a certain... Oh, yeah, the um, free draw, the Raz, the yeah, RAS. The, the, the Raz statistic, he just doesn't have time yeah, for you. Yeah, he, so, you're not a freak, he doesn't care. Yeah, he, he doesn't care at all. So we'll see. I think the we're not going to add anyone, I don't think, from a free agency perspective. Yeah. A lot of the people we wanted, Charlie, John Brown, gone. <sighs> Juju Smith-Schuster, he took a team-friendly deal. There's some other dudes out there that I think we would have loved to land, like a Nelson Aguilar. Just not going to happen. That's not how this Packers team is yeah. built. Juju Smith-Schuster, they'll unlock the new crush and Taylor Biscotti. But that's another story for another time. Um, we'll go on to tight ends next. I'm so excited to talk about Jay Sternberger and how much he disappointed me. Well, you and tight ends, it's a match made in heaven. <laughs> Subscribe, rate, review, Snowtap WI. <laughs> we will talk to you next about tight ends. All right. It is yet another edition of Building Murph's Draft Manifesto. We are on to tight ends. Um... It is not a position of need for the Packers at all. But I think what we've learned with the Packers is you can never have enough tight ends. No, Matt LaFleur loves them. I love tight ends. Bill Belichick loves tight ends. 
It's probably the most interesting position, I think, in the NFL right now, yeah. other oh, than quarterback, sure. and how it's evolved in the last five years. Yeah, tight ends have had an interesting timeline in the last five years, right? I think we were at the, five years ago, it was a lot of the athletic tight ends who didn't really block, and it was kind of the... People Aaron are taking Hernandez, way too many, you know, yeah. I know, a, but no, people are taking too many flyers on these athletes, right. and they never could figure out how to block. Right, and now it's evolved to Gronk, Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz. I think is also a pretty good blocker. George Kittle, George Kittle, thanks. That's a good one, and Robert Tanya, obviously. Yeah, Robert Tanya figuring out how to block as a former quarterback at Indiana State was one of the highlights of the 2020 season for the Packers. Big Bob looks like our future Mark Tremura. Yeah, that, right? I mean, best tight end we've had. I always say Chewy was better than J. Mike. Just yeah, absolutely. Because longevity. J. Mike was a freak athlete. But, but J. Mike, Mike was similar block. to that conversation we just had, right? He was, like, the, he was the flare out. He, yeah, yeah. So, and right now the tight end position is really interesting for the Packers. They have a lot of them, but you could say it's in flux because Robert Tunyon just got a restricted free agent tender. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent next year or is it a year after? Next year. He would, if we lost him this year, we would get a second-round pick. Yeah. I, the Packers have an opportunity to match that deal. I think they're ready to do that, and Russ Ball will get unique. But we don't want to – I mean, the floor for Robert Tanyan got reset with Hunter Henry and John o. Smith. Right. Which is scary to pay a, a tight end $50 million. Agreed. And that's where you could still draft one and make a case for one, even if it's not – a strong tight end draft um, by any means. But Josiah DeGuerra is fullback tight end, H-back position. They loved him. If you go back and watch week one and week two, before he twisted his ankle, before he then blew his knee out in special teams, which was not his fault, it was someone else on the Packers special teams. Right. Per Bob McGinn. They were getting Josiah DeGuerra oh, they loved jo- on they jet sweeps, yeah. on like, release late routes. I mean, there's a reason they drafted him so high. There's a reason they got persecuted for driving it so high because people didn't get it. And then right away, his snap count was way up. Also, my guy, Dominique Daphne, also going down the Indiana State pipeline. Is Indiana State a football school? Some are now saying it's been a while since Larry Legend was there in the early 80s. But Dominique Daphne was an H-back. He bounced around, went to Iowa for a year, ended up at Indiana State. He ran H-back Wildcat quarterback for them. Ran for like over 200 yards in one game. He then was uh, signed by the Colts. When we picked him up midseason, Chuck, I was like, dude, check out this Dominique Daphne. Oh, yeah, you were all he in is, on He it. has John o. Smith in him. That's yeah. who he is. So, with all that said, I hope we bring back Mercedes Lewis. Big dog, just as a blocker, locker room, player coach guy. That's up in the air Yeah, when we tape this. But... Your guy, Jay Sternberger, who I liked coming out of I was college. On Jace, I was on Jace Island. I committed to Jace Island. It looks like we there was worse draft picks at tight end in that draft if you go back and we don't need to go down memory lane. But where are you at with Jace? Um, I'm pretty much off the island because can't stay healthy. Um, unfortunately, he's ran into some un- unfortunate concussions. Well, that I saw one two years ago with my grandpa at a Packers Texans scrimmage. Yeah, he gets his ear hole knocked out, and he really hasn't been the same since. No, it was a massive hit. It was a dirty hit. It was a hit that shouldn't have happened in a training camp environment. Yeah, no. And the fact of the matter is, is you have it where uh, I don't know where Jace calls. I don't know if he's on this roster come August because he just has not shown that next step. And I realize tight ends take a while to develop. 
I get that they they do, but look at Tanya. I was ready to right. be done with Tanya a year right. ago. I didn't, oh, I didn't see it. I mean, remember we would we were talking in fantasy, not to bring up bad memories, but I was like, I think Tanya should be a guy you draft. And, and I like, I didn't get you it. You told me I was fucking crazy. You're like, you're nuts. And I was like, no, no, no. I think he's actually worth a worth a flyer. And, and everyone thinks he's going to be a regression guy. Oh yeah, so much. But I regression's tough, man. Regression sometimes is bullshit. There's not a lot of regression with Aaron Rodgers. It's exactly. Exact, his bad years are most guys' great years. Exactly. But let's get into the actual position. Oh, one quick thing oh, on Jason. Yeah. By the end of the year, he was uh, not suited up. No. And Dominique Daphne had figured out how to play special teams. Right. That's why he also got some looks on in the red zone, and that's why he caught a wide-open touchdown against the Bears. Right. And that is might be the reason why Jace does not become a Packer next year is because he doesn't have the special team stuff. So that's the setup right there. Let's go into our top five-ish guys that we like for the Packers and zero in. Yeah. First guy is Tommy Tremble. Um, from Notre Dame, he is a run blocker. He can catch the ball. He has that H-back ability. He just screams Packers. If, they don't, if they're not as high on Daphne as maybe Murph is, he could easily replace replace Daphne in what he does. Ravion Jordan is a guy I like a lot of Miami. Now, I don't like him in the second round. I like him actually slipping into day three as a fourth-round pick. Right. Has a lot of David Njoku similarities, same type of build. He is more of a wide receiver than a blocker, but if you can get him in the fourth round and take a flyer on him and see if he figures out to be a receiver or tight end, why not? He's an athletic dude, and we always need more offensive playmakers because we can't bank on Alan Lazard doing what he did last year. We can't bank on MVS catching the balls he did. I think that's actually the biggest outlier of the Packers' offensive pass-catching weapons. Sure. Is what happens if MVS drops four more balls? Right. Then it's a huge problem. Then we right. lose some more games. Right, exactly. And that that's a really good point. And maybe that is the regression type. And so you start to look for those hybrid guys. And again, you're looking for that Jace replacement. Like Kenny Yaboa from Old Miss is a guy who could really sort of fill that role. I mean, he was a high school receiver. Not a great blocker, but could catch the ball from Old Miss, who if you listen to our wide receiver pod, you we would hear how high we are on Elijah Moore and Old Miss receivers. What's the difference with an Old Miss tight end? So I think that there is a pedigree there and Yaboa could play there. And I'm I'm, I'm into it and think it's a another guy kind of similar to Jordan that could really sort of develop as a as a stud. So we mentioned Mercedes Lewis, uh un seen or up in the air, excuse me, if he'll be back. What about just finding his replacement in Nick Eubanks in the fifth round from Michigan? A dude that is a Big Ten blocker, and maybe he develops into a receiver. But we we have the plug and play. This dude can be, you know, a sixth uh, offensive lineman, a third tackle. We've done well out of Michigan as of late with John Runyon Jr. I'm sure we saw... Eubanks, who played a lot over his career, pop up on film. Do you like that? Is a yeah, play I, I do. I think I actually like that better than Ben Mason, who's also in that Michigan category. Because Mason's more like Degura, and if they weren't sold on Degura, maybe you look at a guy like Ben Mason, who was a former fullback and then went to tight end. Just really athletic dude, um, can kind of play all over. Um, which again is a weirdly a weapon, as we've talked about in other podcasts, just in a different way, more as a blocker than anything else. So I don't think I think Eubanks is more of that solve, and he he's a little bigger, and so I think that's that's where you probably go versus Mason. So when you think of under the radar pass catchers and tight ends receivers, sometimes how they're found is when GMs scout quarterbacks. Yeah, and this guy Matt Bushman, he is going to show up on film when you look at Zach Wilson BYU tape. Now he was hurt 
in preseason practice. So you have to go back to 2019 film. But he is an athletic guy. I love taking a flyer on someone that's been hurt in the 6th yeah, and 7th round. That. Yeah, for sure. He, he's a pass-catching guy. runs a 4-7. I haven't watched the Zach Wilson tape you know, like Todd McShay has yet. Just haven't fitted it into the schedule. Uh, we'll see if we get there. But I like taking flyers in the 6th and 7th round on these guys because that's what those picks are for. Exactly. They are... High reward, low risk. Yeah, I never get when people get all fired up about sixth and seventh rounders, where it's like you guys realize that these guys aren't our future. Like they, they could be. You know, you get Mark Mark Tauscher, you get but, a Donald Driver, great, right, yeah. right. But it's not, it's not what you expect, right? And so it's like you just hope that one of those guys pans out. Um, so I'm with you. I like Tony Polgin, who also is in that flyer category, six seven out of Virginia. Um, I just having a six, seven guy around the end zone for Aaron Rodgers, I feel like it's just an advantage. It's not fair. Um, so I, I really do. I do like that as a potential late flyer as well. So my Notre Dame Falcons out of Ohio on the east side of Cleveland, uh, Zaire Mitchell playing spring football. So there's going to be a couple cases this year with FCS football, you know, not going in the fall of 2020 that's going on right now. There is going to be a few guys that get drafted in the NFL draft because they just played their four games in the spring. Right. Zaire Mitchell is a seventh round flyer, uh, very athletic, 6'7, 250, runs a 4.75. Into it. Yeah. Uh, Notre Dame Falcons, let's go. That's where, yeah. That's where I'm at with Packers. I don't think it'll be addressed in round one or round two, but it gives us a great opportunity to turn to guys we don't want to see. Well, the obvious, the obvious one is Kyle Pitts. Right. So like, let, let's just circle in here on Kyle Pitts. Doesn't isn't there a red flag of taking a tight end that high? Oh yeah, it's totally. It's uh, it, there is Name never the last it, great tight end. You can't. It, that's the thing. So I'm like everybody keeps saying like Kyle Pitts is different, and the kids now say like built different. Like I, I get it, but the facts are Eric Ebron absolute mess. As a you know now he figured his shit out, but. He was terrible. To be like a representable, right. above the replacement level right. NFL tight end. Right. TJ Hawkinson, jury's still out. And I love TJ Hawkinson. See, I don't think the jury's out. I just think that Matt Stafford didn't give a shit about tight ends. Okay. So maybe Jared Goff does, and maybe Hawkinson, you know, rises up. Before that, it was, uh, oh, God, I just had his name. He played for the Jets years ago. Is it Mitchell? I'd have to, Yeah. Shit. Great research here. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> this is bad. But uh, he, they had a, You're not thinking of Kyle end. Brady, right? Kyle, yeah, I am thinking of Kyle Brady. That was a long time ago. Other than that, but there, pick, I know there's been some busts like Jeremy Shockey, oh, never yeah. that good. Bubba Franks was just, you know, th- it's a different time at tight end, but we've seen the overdrafting of certain positions when they blow up. Very similar to the slot receiver, where we saw yeah. people, everybody wanted the Tyreek Hill. Well, you can't find a Tyreek Hill because he had awful off-the-field issues, and that's why right. he was found so late. So if Kyle Pitts goes to, like, the Eagles, let's just say, all right, at six, are we worried about that? Are we, like, is the Eagles then, are they like, wow, they're starting to build something here? Or are we, are we like, that's ah, whatever? Kyle Pitts is the Bears is what worries me. Oh, But they I already mean, drafted Cole Komet, but that would be the most Bears thing to do with Jimmy Graham, with Cole Komet, to then take Kyle Pitts. And or that's the Vikings. What it, but they have um, Irv Smith Jr., who they oh, like true. a lot, and who that's I liked true. a lot out of Alabama. And the Lions have T.J. Hawkinson. So I, I don't see a lot of fits other than the Eagles. Um, maybe the Washington football team, but they seem to like their tight ends a little bit. 
Yeah, I'm trying to think. Yeah, they the like Niners, Logan Thomas. The Niners are our guy. I love Logan Thomas. My former Heisman pick uh, back in um, 2012. Uh, Arizona Cardinals would be a little problematic for Kyle Pitts. If you, but that goes back to this Cliff Kingsbury know how to use a tight end. Fuck that. No, I don't. Cliff Kingsbury's terrible. One of the worst coaches in football. Again, looking forward to shorting the, the Arizona Cardinals. So, like, Kyle Pitts, if he's drafted in the top ten, what does he need to do? Like, he needs to make a couple Pro Bowls. Oh, yeah. You need to make all four bowls and, and be on a playoff winner. Like, if Kyle Pitts goes to Cincinnati, which is really high, and if I'm Cincinnati and I want to draft Kyle Pitts... I don't know how you I, do it. I trade, I trade down. Yes. I trade down. Or, I mean, you unless Sewell's not on the board, you can't do that. Because yeah. I guess Joe Burrow wants to play a couple more years and not get yeah. his other knee blown out. Yeah. you got to draft a lineman if you're From someone you're that has a blown ACL right now? Yeah, yeah exactly. Not, not an ideal thing you'd exactly. sign up for every day? Exactly. Hey, we're four podcasts in. We're just going to probably mention his ACL at least in like eight. Like, we're at least, Vegas has it at least that. Wait till we get my, me mentioning my ACL sponsor. That, that, <laughs> that is soon to come because that's just how I work. But, yeah, I think he'd have to do something special. And he'd have to be at that level of... Gronk in his prime, Travis Kelsey where he is now. Um, I think Zach Ertz was maybe in a tier below that. I think even if he is like a Zach Ertz, I think that's still pretty good. But Zach Ertz worked out. He was Andrew Luck's go-to, right. I mean, at the end of the day, right? He did, but he, he was a fourth-round pick. Right? Yeah. So so he's not – but I'm saying like – These guys I'm don't just, go in the top yeah, ten. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying where it's like I, that's, the, that's what I would say where Pitts would have to be at to be like people are like, oh, yeah, I'm all in on it. Pat Fryermuth is the next rated oh, yeah. tight end. He feels like he should have played in the 90s. Yeah. Like, that's just his, his game is Kyle Brady. Penn State. I mean, he's Penn State. Kyle Brady went to Penn State. Mike he's Kisecki, Jason Witten. Mike Kosecki went to Penn Mike State. Mike Kosecki is more of an end zone, like, yeah. real down-the-field threat. One of the worst fantasy players to ever have in your Pat Fryermuth is your, like, standard Madden creative player tight end. He's 6'5", white, 256. Just button hook every time. Just he's right there. Yeah, he just chips linebackers all day. Not a great tight end class after Kyle Pitts. It's no. flyers left and right, which is where the position is now kind of settled in because Travis Kelsey and Gronk and Bob Tanyan and everyone else were not picked in the first round. These guys, this is a hard position right now, other than quarterback, the hardest position, I think, to project. Maybe you could throw in edge rusher and offensive tackle there, yeah. but it's the hardest position to project in the NFL. So I'm Because it's not used yeah. that much in college football. I loved Harrison Bryant last year, and I was right. Yeah, I mean, Harrison Bryant is going to be in the NFL for a long time. Yeah, good Browns out of FAU. Can I resill a swag sag on you? Yes. Um, how would you feel if an NFC rival traded for Zach Ertz? And if you were the Packers, would you trade for Zach Ertz? If I was the Packers for nothing, or you know, I don't want to re-sign Zach Ertz. Right. I don't think he It'd wants a, a new contract. This the NFC North is kind of stocked at tight end. Yeah, Cole Komet. Yep. You got TJ Hawkinson, you got Irv Smith. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, where, where does Kyle Rudolph land? That is he went where, to the Giants. Oh, Giants, excuse me. We'll never hear from him again. <laughs> Good luck with Danny Dimes. <laughs> well, I, I I think at least having Rudolph there, Evan Ingram has been another one that's, again, similar conversation we had about these athletic guys who we all were fucking all liked Evan Ingram. Do right? I need Kyle Pitts on the Falcons? Probably not. Oh, yeah. That would be that scary. Would be bad. Julio, that would be a, uh, a matchup nightmare. And I say the Falcons because you look around the NFC, the only teams I'm worried about right now are the 49ers, the Buccaneers, and the Seahawks. Yeah. And the Falcons are lurking. We've had a lot of bad memories with them. Yep. A lot of great memories with them. 
But we have a long-standing history of not being able to guard Julio, and they have tortured us numerous times. That would be scary, but doesn't that just feel like them not addressing a need? This, it would be very Falcons to... But Thomas Dimitrov no longer there. Yeah, but it would be very Falcons to trade down from... And Terry Fontenot comes from the Saints, where the Saints have done a pretty good job of roster building. Yeah. They, they deal with fake money. It's I don't even understand their cap situation and what they... How Mickey Loomis does it, it doesn't seem like he does get his dick sucked a lot for not being that good. I just I don't I don't think Mickey Loomis is that good of a GM. Well he's too worried. I mean he got Zion in New Orleans. Right. <laughs> when you're the Pelicans GM and the Saints GM, yeah. uh, there's only so many hours in the day. You're wearing a lot of hats. Would you if asked, would you be the Packers GM and the Bucks GM if asked? <laughs> Where do I sign up? I mean, that would be terrible for the Bucks more than the Packers. Are you That's kidding me? It can't oh. be any worse than oh. right now. Oh. I would have done the PJ Tucker deal oh. three weeks ago for right. when people are listening yeah, to this. this is, yeah, this is like four weeks after. So then PJ Tucker has been well established as a Bucks player by now. But seriously, um, on a Moda 3 billboard, hopefully this, at some point. Yeah, this tight end class is not that exciting. A little poo poo. We, we've now done four of these, and two times we've been like, eh, I don't know. I do like the line offensive linemen. I'm excited to talk about the linemen. I'm excited to talk about some of the edge guys. Um, so we have that coming up. Stay tuned. Subscribe, rate, review. Follow us on Twitter, SongTapWI, at the Nolan Murphy. I'm also on Instagram, just yelling into, into a camera. Um, so we'll see you guys. Chuck on rumored to be going to either Cam Soda or OnlyFans soon. With how much success he's had on Instagram with videos. Oh, yeah. We will talk to you with the guys in the middle of the line. People getting muddy next. The hog mollies. That was a good greeting piece. All right. Another edition of Billy Murph's Draft Manifesto. Uh, offensive tackles. Murph and offensive guards, centers, the whole thing. The offensive Swing line. tackles. The hog mollies. Murph is in the building, as always. At Nolan Murphy on the socials. How are we doing? Chuck, I'm doing well. I'm excited to get into the trenches. The big boys here. Yeah, the, uh, the, the hosses. If we had Jade Garden to sponsor this uh, episode, it'd be really good. You know, offensive linemen love a good buffet. Were you more of a Jade Garden guy than an Asia Palace guy as an Oakley resident? I would have to probably lean uh, towards Jade Garden, I would say. <sighs> Not at all. Um, I would. I don't think we'll ever go to a buffet again. Do you? Maybe, I don't know. Are buffets, are, will buffets ever be back? Taking your calls um, on the Progressive Hotline. Buffets, canceled or not canceled. But anyways, yes, these guys are boys that can eat. Um, I think offensive line is a priority for the Packers. I don't know where I'd put it in the priority priority order. But with the David Bakhtiari injury, even though I think there is some optimism that maybe he could come back earlier than expected. Um, you know, Injuries such as his are the ramp up. The recovery time has become quicker and quicker. As one guy going through an ACL injury, <laughs> me and Bakhtiari have not been in touch yet in our recovery, but I hope he's back before me yeah. uh, in terms of his timeline. Actually, that would be a nice tweet to send out to him. Be like, Dave, me and you, like ACL brothers. But he tore his ACL. Think about it, though. I mean, in December. You know, yeah, December 31st. Last practice before the end of the regular season. Yeah, so. it was awful way to end the year. It was like the last cherry on top of the shit Sunday. It was like hours that, before New Year's right. Eve. Yeah, it was, it was New Year's Eve. It was like 6 o'clock on. So, yeah, it was terrible. But, yeah, they're going to look at Bakhtiari. I don't know if they'll look to replace Corey Lindsley at center. I think they have what they need, whether it's Elton Jenkins, whether it's Lucas Patrick, whether it's Jake Hansen. I kind of think they have the center position figured out. I don't know... Who's on your board? Do you want to start with who your first guy is? Well, I just want to, as like a thesis on the offensive line, Yeah, I look at the Packers as having two cornerstones, 
on the offensive line yeah. for the future in Jenkins and Bakhtiari. Right. The other three positions fall into, I would say, right tackle and interior. Yeah. I almost look at, like, the guard. If you draft a guard, he can probably end up playing center someday. Yeah. Um, so I'm hopeful for that. I agree with you with the Oregon kid, Jake Hansen, and we'll see, you know, with the rest of the bunch, Lucas Patrick, um, if they bring Lane Taylor back. Yeah. Very, you know, up in the air. But the Packers, if you look at their draft history, you know, complete flop in Derek Sherrod. Yeah, broke but that's femur. not even a fair. I mean, he, he broke his femur. Broke his femur. I mean, it was a freak injury. He was starting his rookie year. I mean, he wasn't a flop, but yes, yeah. he is a bust because he got yeah, hurt. for sure, absolutely. Brian Bulag works out. Perfect. I mean, very reliable. But that's where we're kind of picking is where we pick those two guys. Yeah. So I actually do think we are going to look at offensive line in the first round. I've said that for I think few months now that I felt like an offensive line. I think what you'll hear a lot in my notes is flexibility. I, I think in every one of the guys I talk, I'm going to talk about, I think there is a flexible ability. So it's like they could play tackle, but they also could play guard. Or, you know, maybe they are a tackle now, but they're they're going to be a guard in, in the pros, like a John Runyon type, right? Yeah. So I'll, I can kick us off. My first guy on my list is Alex Leatherwood. Uh, people see him more as a guard than a tackle, um, but he – he was Alabama's left tackle for three years. I feel like that's important to note, right? That helps. He protected Tua Tagovailoa and Mac Jones and did pretty well. They didn't really have offensive line issues at Alabama. He can start right away. He can play multiple positions. I really like Leatherwood, especially if you're debating between Alabama guys, between him or Landon Dickerson. Interesting. So let's just go to Landon Dickerson sure, right there. absolutely. He could probably be a day one all pro if he's healthy. The only problem is he's had so many injuries. I yeah. mean, at Florida State, he was a day one starter as a true freshman for Jimbo Fisher. Has injuries there. Tears his ACL in the SEC championship game last year. He's an interior guy. I love him a lot. I'm just very that's a risky pick, I think, at the end of the first round. Now he did a cartwheel at Alabama's <laughs> Pro Day the right. other day, like three months after tearing his ACL, right. which I was happy to see. Uh funny enough. Would you is, is Landon on there in, in your No. He's not. I just too many injuries. Too many injuries. I just can't I can't get especially in the first round. If he if we're talking hypotheticals and say they don't draft a lineman in the first round and he's falling and he's there halfway through the second, would I trade up to get him? Yeah, maybe, because then the value is there and then there is a real value piece to him. I should also have pointed this out before we got into the names. There is not a position I trust more with Brian Gunacus than offensive lineman. We've always drafted well. And, and really back to he's been a He's been a scout for a lineman for a while. I think he was the guy who picked out Bakhtiari. We're plug and play in the offensive line. Right. It's really never been a problem where we can't protect Farver Rogers. Right. And, and we transition away from guys, Mike Wall, Mark Rivera, uh, you know, Cliffy, Tausch. Sitton. Sitton, Lang. Yeah. Always at the right time. Balaga got hurt, unfortunately, yes. last year with the Chargers. Corey we'll Lindsley over, got yeah. overpaid. I mean, it, it, they they know what they're doing. Uh, my so, o- yeah, continue on your top five. Yeah, my other guy is uh, Travion Jenkins. Um, great size. Played a passing first offense at Oklahoma State. I don't know if he's going to be there at when the Packers pick. It, looking at the mock drafts, seems like he's going in the early 20s, but you never know. Um, the thing that's great about this draft for linemen is there are so many of them. So guys could fall. I mean... And we'll talk about guys we might not want to see, but I've like seen Panay Suel fall to like the 14th pick. That's great. Point. I mean, that means a five quarterback's right, got to go, right? Right, exactly. And so, but that's where a guy like Jenkins could potentially fall to where the Packers are picking. Great pass blocker. Um, he can also run block. I'm. I think he'd be a great pick for Green Bay in the first round. 
at what point are we talking about our boy for Whitewater? Is he on the board? He is Quinn. For me, how do you say Quinn Menertz? Menertz, yeah, he's not on my board, but I like him. I think he, I if if he gets drafted by the Packers in the second or third round, I'm not shaking my dick at it. Like I'm not gonna be like great for the Big ba- Jays. They can write oh, that story. Oh my god, the Big Jays would just come themselves. Like this would that would be if you were to ask a journalist like what would be the ideal pick for the Packers, it would be that. That's like almost as good as a Watt brother. Like that's that's perfect. Like that is exactly what they're looking for. Another guy on my list is Jalen Mayfield from Ohio State. Um, guy feels like a Packer. Played in a you know spread style offense. Also played all over the offensive line. I'm here for a guy like that. I I also trust big schools with linemen. Jalen Mayfield on my list. Wrong part of the rivalry. He's from Michigan. Oh, he's from Michigan. Yeah, I'm I sorry. love. But and, and to my, my po- no, that's all your fault. To your point, I'm going to come here and save you. Look at what we just did with Runyon. Yeah. How, how can you not watch tapes of Runyon and see Mayfield pop up? He's a big guy, played in the Big Ten. I think you have to go back to the well there, right? Right, absolutely. Yeah, I, I apologize to my uh, Michigan fans for listening. Yeah, yeah, a lot are, of Michigan fans. Yeah, huge, we're huge in Ann Arbor. Um, but no, uh, Jalen Mayfield yeah, would be a great great fit. Again, big program and Runyon, and I think you trust that. Like We've seen Notre Dame linemen, for example. Packers haven't got any Notre Dame linemen, but you've seen Notre Dame linemen. I know Liam Eichenberg is a guy that people have mentioned. He's not on my list. But because I kind of try to tier it as guys who draft in the first round, then guys second or third round, exactly, and later yeah. on. So I don't know if Eichenberg is on your list. I've seen some tape on him. He looks really special. Yeah, he's on my list. I hope he's there in the late 20s, early 30s. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's a, there was a lot of interest in the Chiefs potentially taking him before they shored up their offensive line. A couple reasons here. We're going to dive into the vault. He's a St. Ignatius kid from Cleveland mm-hmm. right there. They produced LaCharles Bentley. Big Alex Boone, who beat the shit out of Packers D linemen for years for the 49ers. Also, Anthony Gonzalez, Oliver Luck from there. Jake Ryan, Brian Hoyer. This is the football school, other than St. Edwards in Cleveland. Um, that's a private school. Yeah. Not you know, not taking any shots at Glenville, which is run by Ted Ted Ginn Sr. But I think look at all the track record of these Notre Dame linemen for the last couple years. I mean, Zach Martin, Quentin Nelson, these dudes are studs. Frank Reich t- spoke a couple weeks ago about Notre Dame's Pro Day and says, you just have to show up to see the offensive linemen. They're so impressive. So I think what Brian Kelly's done there, for us to get a, you know, there's always been the, kind of that Dan Devine connection with the Packers yeah, and Notre no Dame. We've had a lot of great Notre Dame players over the years. Dorsey Levin. Tony Fisher Ryan, still works for, it, for the Packers. Tony he's, Fisher, God knows what he does. I, mean, <laughs> I, I don't know what to, Oh, no, is he a strength coach? He's, no, he's in the, he does the community uh, oh, community outreach. No, no, no ill will on Tony Fisher. But, yeah. I mean, Dorsey Levin's Ryan Grant probably come to, yeah. to light first. So, a couple other guys I did have. Um, Josh Myers, he's an Ohio State kid. He's a guard. Uh, Wyatt Davis. Wyatt Davis, uh, Willie Davis's grandson. I believe so. Here's an interesting one. Deontay Smith. Eastern, I, on my list. Eastern Carolina, four-year guy, also high school wrestler. So you dig into yeah. that Mike Daniels yeah. stuff. I Had love that. Had a great that. senior bowl. Uh, it was a guard in college, but they think he can play tackle. I, I'm so in on that Deontay Smith pick. Uh, Ulrich J- uh, Jackson. You know, it would be interesting to see. I think the Packers will take an offensive lineman in day one or day two. I, I, I would be pretty surprised if we don't add some – potential day one starters there in day one or day two yeah i i really think so i the only the other guy that i hadn't on my list that was down the list where it's more of a day three pick it's a guy like james hudson from uh, cincinnati his own blocker uh play you know good system and more of a guard interior guy that you just add as as sort of depth and value um so that those were my guys 
Um, but yeah, I think you're going to have day one starter. I think there's someone in there that's going to start day one or the expectation is that Billy Turner is going to be on the left side and whoever you're drafting is going to be on the right side or vice versa. And then at whenever Bakhtiari is healthy, it will be a competition between Turner and that guy for you know the right tackle position. And I'm not... I'm really not concerned that the Packers didn't go out and get a tackle. Some people thought the Packers needed to get a tackle in free agency. And I was like, have you seen the draft? Like that just tells me you haven't done your research because I feel like not to sound like a snap, but like, I feel like there's been a, there's just so many good day one guys on in terms of the line and, and the line is more plug and play. I think than almost any position in, in the NFL in terms of guys that can start right away. Can we please with the day three pick, Pick Cole Van Lannen, the, the Wisconsin Badger guy. Yeah. The Badgers all the time have guys that are in day three that, that's we, a, that we miss out on all the that's time. That's a really good point. That we, we're right down the road. Can we just take – we have like five picks in day three between rounds four and right. seven. Can we just take a Badger lineman? We've had so much really good success right. with them. We have a lot of insight in them. Like that guy doesn't need to start today, but he can start in two years. For sure. Um, you know, like into your point, like Rob Havenstein, now he's a day two pick. But great. He's been a starter for the Rams, I think, out the box. I think David Edwards is starting somewhere. Yeah, David Edwards. I mean, yeah. there's a ton of talent. Right. I mean, obviously, Ramchek was a freak of nature. and We yeah. didn't see that coming. No. Only played there one year right. under-recruited. But No, yeah. He went to Stevens Point, and then I think he grew. And then he, he went from Stevens Point to the Saint, or, uh, to Wisconsin and then left after a year. And now and was, now is the Saints' right tackle. He's been great for the Saints. Two-year starter, Cole was, appeared in 45 games. Nothing makes me more mad than when I see Badger offensive linemen come off the board in late rounds. And I'm like, why do we need to pick that guy from you know Coastal Carolina that's a flyer? Right. Like, let's pick somebody that we know can at least be a plug-and-play reserve lineman that we know is going to figure it out in the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm definitely with you on that. Um, in terms of, do you, do you still have guys to talk about? I'm good there. I think we do have to, like, this is an interesting one because it's not sexy quarterbacks, wide receivers. Who do we not want to see on a rival or the NFC North? Suell I mean, or Slater. Yeah. I mean, if Suell or Slater uh, drop and they go to, like, you know, a Viking. Like, the Viking. I always worry that the Vikings are someday going to just wake up and realize they need offensive linemen. 100%. And it's like, if they draft, like, say they draft for Sean Slater because he slips, the kid out of Northwestern, who's very talented. Who's a freak. And you know that Goody and Mark Murphy have scouted well because of the Northwestern connection. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's a guy, if he gets into, like, 20, like, if it gets real bad for him, I could see them moving up past the Bears. 100%. I do think if you're going to... This is more nitty gritty about the draft, but if you're thinking where the Packers might move up, it's probably like 19, so you're past the Bears. Yeah, I, I think that's where you don't want the Bears to maybe take your pick. Well, the, if you look at the division, the Bears and Vikings are historically known for having miserable offensive lines. Yeah, they so, just they never they never address it. I never know why. And so if they actually figured it out and got like Swell or Slater, I'd be like, fuck, it's they're finally like actually making an investment on this offensive line. Doesn't Slater remind you of Works from a year ago? Yeah. Uh, out of Iowa, just yeah. a freak athlete yeah. that goes to Tampa. Yeah, Wirtz, and Wirtz started day one. And yeah. Wirtz, yeah, it was Wirtz. Wirtz yeah. 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 So he, I mean, yeah, that would be, those two guys I think would easily be the two linemen that worry me the most. I think if Eichenberg honestly went to a, a rival, I wouldn't be too happy about it because of what we talked about with Notre Dame and the pedigree and things like that. Is Penny Sewell like, is he 
Jonathan Ogden, Joe Thomas. I mean, he's gotten a lot of hype. He opted out, which so, is very interesting. Opted out in 2020, but he's had hype for a year and a half about him as being this like decorated offensive yeah. line. I mean, everyone thought he would go like top five, and then now because of the quarterback run and him opting out, people are like, oh, he could go in like the 10 to 20. And if I'm like a team in that 10 to 20 range, like if I'm the Giants, right? I like I am drafting this guy. Oh, like, he's not going outside the top ten. I mean, I know there's a lot of talk about that, but people would be crazy to. Like, right? No, I I totally agree. I mean, he's just he could be that good. I don't know if he's going to be that good, but I don't think it's as surefire of a lock as like a Quentin Nelson. Like Quentin Nelson was like, he's going to be an All Pro forever, and it's going to be. And he has so, been. And he ha- yeah, yeah, he's he has been. He's going to be. I don't know if Swell's at that same level, and I feel like if he was. He would have stayed sticky in the sense of he some they would have had him mocked in that top ten no matter what. Yep. Like even if the quarterbacks were gonna go first, Swell would somehow be there. Well, I'm sure a lot of people have a good feel for him because they've watched Herbert tape. Yeah. And that's the last tape you actually have on Swell. I just think, and this is not like the Bengals are in a rival, but I know Joe Burrow wants Jamar Chase because they had such a you know great yeah. run together. But if Joe Burrow doesn't want to blow his knee out again, he's probably going to need Penny Sewell because yeah, the I Bengals' th- offense. I, I don't know like, how he gets past I feel past like someone five. has to get into a room with Joe and just like Zach Taylor or management and just say, Joe, we're going to get you a receiver. What about Terrence Marshall in the second round? It's a deep draft for receiver. Yeah, yeah. like you got to understand, like you need you need support here. Unless they think like an Eichenberg, if they're saying to themselves. All right, we'll trade up and make sure that we're going to get Eichenberg in the second round. If they got Chase and then Eichenberg, I think that would be okay. I wouldn't pick, uh, but that's a risk. That's a total risk because yes, you, because you never know you, the board ha- falls. Exactly, exactly. And then you have to overpay. I would not take Kyle Pitts over Sewell. No, no. Uh, but I know there's some talk about that. Oh, I know. And, and uh, Kyle Pitts is a workout warrior, but he's still a tight end at the end of the day, and tight ends don't translate well from the first round. Yes, and and like. Uh, it's been driving me crazy because I've heard a lot of Kyle Pitts smoke because he had a really good pro day. And these pro days, I think, are like steroids at this point. Um, just because, well, they're TV events now. Well, right. But it's also, it's the pandemic. So there's not a lot of people there. And I think everything's getting inflated. And now we have the combine after, which is super weird. There's going to be a combine, I guess. Oh, there is? Yeah. Like after the draft? No, not after the draft. Like this week after the tournament's over. They're going to stay at the same hotel that oh, everybody... I, I, that's like unknown to me. Right. Yeah. I, I couldn't believe this. I was like, I didn't think this would happen. Well, the NFL doesn't think the pandemic ever started, so they No, really I mean, care. they're going full... Stay. I mean, Goodell thinks they're going to be full fans. And, and Good fall. for him. So it'll be interesting. It's definitely a position... Um, that Chuck knows a lot about is playing. I don't know as much about, but it's, it's one that they're going to address hopefully early and often because yeah. we're going to need to protect Aaron Rodgers and we're going to need to protect Jordan Love someday. Oh, look at you. Look at you with the little nugget there at the end. I love it. All right. Well, that'll do us for Offensive Line. Uh, rate, review, subscribe, do all those. Follow Murph on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter. Or if you just don't want to hear my nonsense, you can just watch my reviews on, on Instagram. That's too. We're at 199. I don't know how it's possible. Just hanging at 199. When you hear us next, we will be talking defensive linemen. Can't wait. See ya. All right. Another edition of Building Murph's Draft Manifesto. Interior defensive linemen. I feel like that's the way to call them IDLs if you're being a real professional. I feel nose tackle. Yeah, there you go. Um, It's funny when you're doing research for this type of stuff, you have to really like pay attention to technique, where these guys are protected to play, because some aren't really 3-4 defensive linemen. So that is, that's part of the challenge. Um, I think it makes it a little interesting. It also, I think, makes it hard to draft one of these guys. This is the hardest between, and we'll get to it, and 
and we can lay it out. We're going to do a specific D lineman, interior lineman, and edge yeah. breakdown. I think this is the hardest position group in the NFL to draft. This, yes. In, in 2021, because as you just hit on, the spread, how people translate. College defenses are so weird. They don't play. Um, if you're a run guy, you don't play that often. In the NFL, you really need to be almost a three-down lineman at this point. Right. And this is a position need again for the Packers. Um, they've been really looking to kind of shore up that interior defensive line with Kenny Clark. Let Kenny Clark kind of roam a little bit more, kind of play a little outside. Now, they did bring back Tyler Lancaster, which I think was a little surprising. But For no money. It was oh, like yeah. $120,000 against no. the Cavs. And, and it was a smart move. I think Lancaster does enough. They have yet to make a move on Dean Lowry. So this could be a guy that would replace Dean Lowry. I don't expect them to do to reach into the first round to get somebody, but it wouldn't surprise me. I think it would actually drive Packer fans crazy if they would draft someone in the first round. If Christian Barrymore somehow fell. I, I like Christian Barrymore. He's on my list. Okay. We can start. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I, you think he's going to be there? I, he might. I don't know. I mean, he has a ton of upside. He's from Alabama. Um, I always like... Alabama defenders, Nick Saban led. It was interesting. Did you see the comments from Saban about him criticizing ple- uh, people who just stay in nickel defense? It was yeah. basically like it was a shot at Mike Pettin. Oh, I mean, he exactly. <laughs> yeah, Nick Saban is like probably the best defensive coordinator of all time, other than Bill Belichick. From what I've seen on Christian Baymore, I would love if he's there. I I know that this draft class does not have a top twenty defensive no. lineman. Um, it's actually not even a great edged uh, draft no. as well. But that would be amazing if he was there. Why did you like him? I, I think he just has the the potential to be a every-down guy. I think he can rush the passer. I think he can make things difficult in the run. I think he's very athletic. I don't think it's one of those things where he's just a space eater. There's a guy, a couple guys here who I mentioned later who I have as like more space eater, Snacks Harrison-type guys. But the, I think Barrymore does everything. And so he kind of be an awesome compliment to Kenny Clark. Yeah, he's got a Derek Brown, JV on Kinlaw. That's what Pro Football Focus compared him to. That's awesome. If we yeah. can get That's Kenny Clark right there. Right, I mean, exactly. Basically, basically, you can get a guy that can play all three downs, can stop the run, and rush the passer. That would make our defense light years better. Because yep. we really haven't got any contributions um, other than Tyler Landis, Lancaster and Dean Lowry just getting run into and yeah. falling on people. That's right. about what they do. Exactly, yeah. They make a play, player to a game. But I'll tell you the guy, he wasn't number one on my list, though. The number one guy on my list might be a homer pick. He's from Kenosha, went to Iowa. Murph did a fist pump for those who are not. Davion Nixon, holy shit. I love this kid. He's out of Iowa. We've had some really good success with the Iowa Indian, guys. Went to Indian Trails. I mean, yeah, super athletic. Gets after the quarterback. Can play in a three-four system. Sign me the fuck up. I think this guy is awesome. Like I, I, I became really into this pick. Like I just, I started like watching. I was tape. I was like grinding it. I'm like, this guy is a Packer, and I'm like, I don't want to see him. Uh, spoiler alert. I don't want to see him on another team. In the NFC, like I just think he's going to be a really good player, and I don't hate going back to the well with Iowa guys. Yeah, I mean it's worked out very well, you know, with Mike Daniels over the years. A guy I liked a lot from uh, LSU specifically is Tyler Shelvin. He's like your plug and play. On my list. On my list. Snacks Harrison. Yep. I mean, that's what that's how we get Kenny Clark outside is just right. by having a young athletic. Grady Jackson, basically. Yes, exactly. We, we've always, you know... Uh, big Howard Green. Big Howard Green, exactly. Fucking the Packers Howard have had Green. those for years. Another guy I liked a lot, I will try not to butcher his name from the Ohio State University, uh, Tommy uh, Togaya. 
Okay. He is a defensive tackle. I watched a few of his games. He didn't play a ton in 2020, um, but he's a guy that's been able to get pressure. So that's why I looked at that. I like Big Ten linemen. Call me a homer. But this is also a very thin class. Like, yeah. I'm not watching tape from McNeil State on no. defensive tackles. No. Can I ask you, do you have Marvin Wilson on your list? I do not have Marvin Wilson Oh, so no, it's not – that's crazy. Like that seems like such a Murph pick. Like a guy who's might fall Went to Florida State, right? Yeah. Who falls to like third or fourth pick or for, third or fourth round because he he was a former like top ten pick. Everybody was so hyped, and his career just kind of went wayward. I would have sworn that Marvin Wilson would have been a guy for you. Yeah, I just didn't like that he came back for a senior year and didn't do jack shit. Everyone compared him to Derek Brown, and he didn't have. They wanted him to come back to be Derek Brown. Who has been okay in the pros? But do you wonder... Okay, so let me just... Add, I'm not trying to defend, like, Wilson because I'm not, like, all in in the bag on Wilson. He's on my list because I just think it's a value pick, right? If he's in the third or fourth round, why not, right? Yeah. And hope he... But here would be my case for Wilson if I was in the room with Goody. I'd be like, all right, this kid had to play a new system with Mike Norvell in his senior year. He did decide to come back. Should he have maybe transferred to a new, a new system? Probably. But he didn't. So he tried to learn this new system. It didn't work out well. Yeah, there's some questions about his work ethic, but we can figure that out when he gets here and make make that happen. I always think like the work ethic comments, I know it was a lot about Justin Fields this week, I think are a little, which was bizarre, but I think they're also overrated because I think that can be, you can get out of that. I think as you got to start looking as these players as individuals, right? Like I didn't have the best work ethic from 18 to 24. And I figured my shit out as I got older. I think that happens with with NFL players too. I think it just it's sometimes natural a natural progression. Florida State's been a complete dumpster fire since I feel like yeah. know, Bobby Bowden left. I'm right. just kidding, Jimbo Fisher. But uh, it's tough to look at that. Where did you have Levi or was Levi Unuwurzerski from Washington on your list at no, all? No, he was not. And is that because Danny Shelton hasn't? You know, Danny Shelton's still in the league. He just recently got signed, but like, do you just not like that Danny Shelton, Vita Vey? You know, Washington kind of turns I, I, out these interior I, defensive so linemen. I guess my thing there is just like, is that is that really what the Packers? I guess you you move Kenny Clark outside. You could sell me on that. I think I I think I could get down with that more than I think about it. Didn't play in 2020. There's a lot of defensive tackles that didn't play. Okay, so in that's a huge red flag for me um, because. That's a position where I think you need to keep playing. I think there was a podcast, I don't know, was it wide receivers? We were talking about this, where I kind of said, like, you need to keep playing to kind of, and also to these are big boys. These are guys we talked about the buffet line with the offensive line. These are guys who are eating and like they're gonna need time to get back in shape. That would be my immediate worry with someone who was on the defensive line that did not play last year. Are they going to be in shape, ready to go for OTAs at the start, or are they is it gonna be a complete mess, and they're going to have to spend the entire year on the practice squad, getting them, re- you know, into game shape. That's a fair point. Definitely something. You know, the USC kid didn't also play in 2020, so that could be a red flag. Who else is on your list? Um, another guy I had. So I had Sherman Barrymore. We went through a lot of them. I had Aleem McNeil. He's a project, former uh, high school linebacker from NC State. Ton of potential. So he's not an immediate contributor. So this is not a guy I'm drafting right away. It's a guy in the later rounds that I, I like and I feel like he could just be a guy that you build and you draft and develop it, into the, the Packer way. I'll throw Jerome Johnson in there from Indiana, another Big Ten guy. Also, uh, Terrell Slayton from Florida. He can play inside or outside. Um, you know, 
Florida had a good defense last year. Right. Florida, I mean, again, I don't think you're going going wrong by drafting. These guys don't jump off. Like, right. unless you're Mike unless you're Mike Mayhawk and looking at the one and two gap, <laughs> like you're not going to recognize these guys unless they're getting sacks. And we don't need these guys to get sacks. No. We just need them to do their job. Well, here's the thing. And here's how I would I would ask Packer fans to look at this and people who are listening to this. Look up any of these guys and say, is this guy going to be more impactful than Dean Lowry? Is this guy going to be more impactful than a Snacks Harrison if he's like a Shelvin or uh, the guy you mentioned from Washington? I can't pronounce the last name. Um, Levi. We'll just Levi, go. Yeah, Levi. Like, it, are they going to be more impactful than what you're seeing on the field now? And I think they are. And I think there is an athleticism. And, like, Dean Lowry's fine. He's serviceable. But he's just not that athletic. And I'm sorry. He just doesn't have it. And a lot of these guys that we're mentioning, Nixon, Barrymore, uh, McNeil, Wilson, they're all more athletic than Dean Lowry. They just are, and I think that just makes the Packers faster and and better. Speaking of run-stuffing nose tackles, we know that Goody spent a lot of time wasted watching Zach Wilson tape because that's just what he does. Thinks he's a quarterback connoisseur. Uh, Chris Tonga from BYU oh, probably yeah. popped yeah. out on some of the BYU tape. He yeah, he's a big boy. Up. I mean, he, yeah. is a, he is a big boy. 321-6-4, uh, runs a 5-4-8. Could you run a 5-4-8, you think? <sighs> Maybe. I don't know. I, I haven't ran a 40 since I was 20. We're, we're throwing darts here. But, you know, maybe fifth, seventh round pick. Just a nose tackle we can plug and play. And and so, okay, so let me ask you this. Let's let's take that into another way. Would you would you like a draft where, say they draft a guy like a Nixon type, where he's all over the field, he does a little bit of everything, and then they also go back into the interior line and draft more of a run stuffer later. 100%. I want us to get a Mike Daniels, Jarrell Casey, a guy that can just make us look versatile on yeah, defense. absolutely. That Kenny can play inside sometimes, outside. Maybe we finally have Z put his hand down more. Just I want us to have different looks on those front four, front five, front three, whatever we're running. Yeah. And bouncing off of that, like if you want to have a Vic Fangio system, which is what apparently the Packers want to do and what we've been told that Joe Barry is is going to try to run, don't you want to try to get that Akeem Hicks guy? Or is that Kenny Clark? I don't know. I, I think I, I would think Kenny Clark's better than Akeem Hicks. He is better than Akeem Hicks. But I, I don't know. I mean, the Bears, Roy Robertson Jr. was a monster last year. He got a big contract from the Jaguars. Like, the Bears don't run as much of what Fangio used to do, but you want to make sure you have those defensive linemen. And I just don't think the Packers are there yet. It's Kenny Clark and everybody else. It needs to be Kenny Clark, a guy like Nixon or Barrymore, and then everybody else. So they, they do need that one more guy. So I, I think the more we talk about it, the more I think about it, it is more of a position of need than maybe I gave it credit for. Christian Bear, I think it's a position of, uh, of need up front. But it's one that you address right away and then kind of circle back. The only guy I don't want is Christian Barrymore going to the Vikings. Because yeah. they need an improved defense. Uh, yeah, you could put the Bears in there too, having to replace some guys. But, you know, the Vikings defense was bad last year. And the last thing we need is them to have this souped up Mike Zimmer defense, Alabama product. He's It's odd. You know, usually we have like five guys from Alabama that are in the interior. Yeah, we don't. And it's just an odd draft this year, um, you know, with kind of this side of the defensive ball. Yeah, I would, I would put Barrymore. I'd also say Nixon would be a problem in a Vikings or Bears uniform. Just because of the Wisconsin connection, the Packers passed on yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Little chip on his and shoulder. And he feels a little Mike Danielsy. He really does. And I, it's it's so hard to do that, right? Because he's an Iowa guy. He's, you know, a little has a little undersized. Like, I love him. I, I think he's great. You think he's a Bears fan growing up in Kenosha? You never know be. down there in K-Town. He might be. He might be. I don't know. Um, but I heard a place in K-Town that has really good Long Island. It's called a Boathouse. 
We'll have to check it out. Absolutely. All right. Yeah, that's defensive interior lineman. I think we're good there. Yeah. No, there's just no generational um, Aaron Donald type here that's going to go in the top 20. Well, I think as uh, we have learned by doing this practice, you know, this is now another thing where running backs was kind of a dud. Tight ends, also not really much. And interior defensive linemen, not really much. And, and we kind of talked about maybe this draft isn't that good um, just in general. And now we've now seen three positions that are a little just okay. And we'll get to the edge next, but I will, for those hanging on, the linebackers in secondary is next level talent. I do yeah. think I think this yeah. is a back half of the, the defense uh, type of draft. I feel like I'm talking like Lewis Riddick right now. <laughs> uh, but when we hear you next, or when you hear us next, excuse me, we will be talking edge. Living on the edge! Probably the hardest position, I think, to draft the NFL. Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, it's, it's, it's gotten worse as... You know, Edge has become basically a position. Um, So we'll talk to you guys next about Edge. All right. Living on the Edge. Edge rushers, the topic of building Murph's draft manifesto. Some people would be like, why are you guys even talking about Edge? You have Rashawn Gary. You have Preston Smith. You have Zadarius Smith. Well, you can never have enough guys to rush a quarterback. And maybe it's not a position of need as some other ones. And I think if if they drafted an edge in the first round, people would lose their shit. But still, it's worth talking about. And it's worth getting excited about. And if that's going to make your defense better, I'm all for it. And if you just become this pass rushing machine, all into it. Murph's here with us again, at the Nolan Murphy on Twitter, Instagram. And he'll be breaking down the draft as it gets closer and closer uh, for us and just for the people at large. What's up, Murph? You hit this on the head. I'm doing well. This is the one where Packer fans lose it on draft night. If we pick yeah. uh, a DN, 3-4 outside linebacker, they're going nuts. Because this means we already have Rashawn Gary. We're paying Preston Smith and Z Smith. We got, you know, uh, Ramsey. Uh, what's his nickname? Uh, uh, Randy Ramsey? Randy Ramsey. He's got a good nickname. Ram Jam? Ram Jam. We'll can't Ram think Jam. of him. But this is the one where Packer fans go ballistic. This is Jordan Love back-to-back years. What are we doing? It's an interesting position. Um, You know, we said this in the D-line podcast for the interior defensive line. I think probably the hardest one to figure out how they're going to translate to the NFL. Also the hardest one to figure out because you go on these draft websites and they have four positions broken down. You got rusher, D-end, 3-4 outside linebacker, 3-4 outside D-end. It's like, what are we doing here? Yeah, I think this is where the nerds sometimes get a little too heavy. This uh, is the tweener in basketball. Yeah. Is he a 3 is he a three and D guy or is he not having a position? He's Jabari Parker. Right, exactly. And I think we kind of overdo it where it's like, basically here, here, break it down for us. Can they rush a quarterback can they not all right cool great that's all we need to know is that's guy, all i care yeah or is this guy three four like i think we're overusing the word edge and just it's become such a football word and it's like okay is he is he an edge actually an edge in a three four outside linebacker or is he a defensive lineman with his hand down in a four three like let us know that because that's important because not all these guys are going to be playing in three four systems and the worry is that you draft somebody like Barkevius Mingo, who's a career special teamer. Fucking love Barkevius yeah, Mingo. College. I was there. Yeah, Barkevius Mingo. Man, it was probably the name more <laughs> yeah. than anything else. I think I had a Facebook status back when it was cool to have Facebook statuses, where it's like, I'm naming my firstborn Barkevius. Kiki Mingo was, you know, looks like Tarzan, plays like Jane out of LSU. He's still in the NFL somehow because he's so long and he plays special yeah. teams. But he weighed like 220 pounds. He was drafted in the first round by the Browns. He's a complete bust. There's a kid from Georgia who's I, – I don't I cannot pronounce his name. I don't have him on my board um, that is kind of like that, right? Where he's 
He has like no weight on him. He also comes from like the Leonard Floyd school. As like, he's Olajari, I think. Yeah, there you go. We'll, we'll, give, we'll, we'll give it to you. We'll give it to you. <laughs> Mitch Pratt is just in pain. Mitch here. is like, he has his fist like just crunch like the Arthur meme. Like that's Mitch right now. Like we've we had two memes so far in this in this podcast already. We have like the Elmo gif with the fire if we draft an edge, and then Mitch with the fist upset at our parents our butchering of names. But yeah, I think Georgia has a guy every year that is like super athletic but has no weight on him, and he might be good at rushing. And Leonard Floyd just got paid by the Rams. Leonard Floyd, though, yeah, you gotta be pissed if you're a Bears fan though that that they somehow unlocked Leonard Floyd. Yeah, that's pretty annoying. It, this is a position that the Packers will not, I hope, address day one or day two. Day three, we have a lot of picks. I don't really care. Yeah, but oh, I would be—I I mean, I would be shocked. And I'll just kind of go like if a Jalen Phillips, I, I would be pretty shocked. He might fall there, but I don't think Goody's going to pull the trigger. That guy also has a lot of issues. You know, he was a number one overall recruit for UCLA. He's not—he's probably a guy I would put there. As I don't want to be in the Vikings because. They already have Daniel Hunter, and yeah. we're going to do this a little backwards, but like, this is just not a first-round selection for the Packers, right? No, no, it's not. Well, the only guy I have, and I have it in my notes, and I said it would be a hot, hot take, and Packers would freak in all capitalization, but if Gregory Russo is there late, this guy was a top-five pick at before the season. He opted out. I do have some concerns about a guy who opts out at the edge position just from a experience You're not an opt-out standpoint. guy. You're not an opt-out guy. I, I'm not. I, I'm not. And it might be my opinion on the pandemic and all the other thing, but I just, I don't think that there are a lot of positions where opting out makes sense. And I think Rousseau doesn't have a lot of experience, is a project. It would be really similar to Gary. But if you have Rousseau and Gary as your two edge rushers for the future, you are fucking set. Yes. And it's like, it's not a worry for the next 10 years. I, I'm convinced of that. And I don't want to see Rousseau go to the Vikings. I don't want to see him go into the Bears. And I think he could because I think he's falling right around that that time they're drafting. So I just, he was a top five pick. I, I can't emphasize that enough. People thought he'd go in the top five. He's not. He's going late. And I think you'd get great value with him. But again, I think people would hate it. What are your thoughts on Jason Owa and Kawiti Pay from Michigan and Penn State, respectively? Uh, always on my list. Uh, again, another project, project, but there is a lot of potential there. Uh, he's a freak athlete. That is something Green Bay loves. We know the Raz scores are something that Brian Gunacus loves more than Mitch Pratt loves cake. Um, like seriously, he loves the he loves that score. The Raz score. We we didn't mention Sam Course. Corsme, who had like a perfect score in the tackles podcast, um, which we should have, and I realized that uh, posthumously. But Oea is a freak. He can play. Who's the other guy? Quiddy Payne. I don't think Quiddy Payne will be there. Um, I no. like I like Quiddy Payne a lot. I think he. I think he you actually. Don't think he'll be there either for like a Bears or Vikings. I think he will be there for the Bears or Vikings. He's on my list. The guys that he was on. It was Russo and him were the two guys who I was like, I don't want to see them. I think Quiddy Payne was actually probably more productive in college than Rashawn Gary, if you watch the tape. Like, I think he did more, like, in terms of impactful plays than Gary. Well, I mean, Rashawn Gary didn't get drafted because of his production. Right. He got drafted because of his potential. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, it's interesting. The guy, the first guy on my, like, Packers board was Peyton Turner from Houston. This guy's got an 84-inch wingspan. <laughs> he will be a day two, day three pick. Uh, he played a lot at Houston, and you know th- they've had success. Look at yeah. at Oliver. He he's been a pretty good pro at the end of the day. 
Um, but again, this is a tough position, and I think this is like we might end up taking like a Rashad Weaver from Pittsburgh way late in day three. I don't think this is even going to be something we approach in uh, the second or third round. And see, I do have Joseph Osai on my on my list, who it would be a day two guy from because, Texas. Yes. Because he has drawn some Clay Matthews comparisons. Which I love. So if, if he's already Think about drawn, how many jerseys that guy would sell. Right. I mean, Shopko would open back up just to sell those jerseys to white people in Wisconsin. Right. He is an athletic freak. It's going to, again, another guy who it's going to take some time. I think that is the theme of this edge thing is none of these guys are going to be ready to play right away. But, yeah, I think he's there. What do you think about a guy like Quincy Roche, who's from Miami? He was a transfer from Temple, sack machine. Didn't have that much of an impact at Miami as he did with Temple. Is that Does that worry you when a guy transfers to a bigger school and doesn't have the same I, success? I blame that on Manny Diaz probably at okay. the end of the day. Right. He's an interesting defense. I mean, Wyatt Hubert from Kansas State, he's an edge guy. Uh, he just looks like a plug-and-play for Dean Lowry. I mean, he's just, you know, to your Clay Matthews point, just you know, rekindle that energy we had right. in Packers Nation overall. Absolutely, yeah. No, I, I think those are all those are all interesting guys. That the Turner one, I'm still stuck on because like 84 inch wingspan is crazy. Yeah, I mean, like get it, him on the it, books, right? Exactly. <laughs> or you just have him block field goals. Exactly. Like, you just all he's you old do, Mount Cody. Like, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Mount Cody. Oh, what a, what a legend <laughs> Mount Cody was. Um, but you know, Ernest Brown is the is a guy from Northwestern. I look at just because the connection. Mark, the connection. Mark Murphy likes to take these guys. Goody listens to him. We always usually take a Northwestern guy. It's tradition. It's, it is. It's like we're gonna get, taxes drafting a Northwestern guy. It's part, guy of, the, in the it's part of the recruitment process. If you don't work out, we might have you drafted by the Packers or, in the sixth and seventh. Or round. you're an undrafted free agent that we bring in. Exactly. One of the two. I think speaking of undrafted free agents, this is a position that we probably look at there. Yes. Somebody that fell because of off the field or yeah, measurable. This is your Sam Shields. Sam Shields special, right? Where you just get a guy, or what do you saw with Chris Barnes, right? Where you find a guy kind of on the scrap heap a little bit that could potentially work out for you and play meaningful snaps for the Green Bay Packers. Other thoughts on the the edge off outside linebacker position for you? I, I don't have that many more. Um, I We've kind of went through a lot of my guys that I Rosso have. Rosso was supposed to be like the top yes. guy in oh, this yeah. And this goes back to what we just said about defensive linemen interior. This is not a draft where you have that like uh, – you know, you have that Suggs type but of generational But Russell was supposed to be that guy. I Do you think, like, okay, so kind of walk that back. Do you think that it's a situation where there's such an obsession with offense that we're, like, missing out on a Quiddy Payne, a Rousseau? These guys are getting sort of put into the later first round because of this obsession with the wide receivers and, and the, the quarterbacks. Yes, I do think there's going to be a lot of value in 20 to 32 that there usually isn't. Right, because they're just looking at it like everybody's just getting obsessed with offense. And I get it. Offense runs the world. But these guys are really good players. And the offensive tackle we talk about with Slater and, and Suell, like really we're going to let these guys go to the, the 10 to 20. And then I think you're just going to see an overcorrection. And maybe this is one of those drafts where everybody is so offensively obsessed, mostly because the quarterback draft next year kind of sucks. And so that's why I think a lot of people are trying to get their quarterbacks this year. That's fair. And that's, I guess, to wrap, you know, edge rushers, outside linebackers. Jalen Phillips is a guy I'd love in the second round. Yeah. I mean, the former number falls, one overall. Yeah, oh, yeah. And that's the Rousseau thing. It's if he falls, you get it, him. Yeah. And at that point, you have some equity. You have ability to move around and start picking guys because there's going to be a run on these players once the second round starts. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's and maybe that's the thought for a lot of these teams in the the – 
top of the draft where they're like, all right, we're going to go get offense. And then we think defense will be there in the second round. So maybe it is a strategy to get your defensive guys early. And if you're a, a good team, you know, you're a 20 to 30 pick or, and then, you know, knowing that that run might come, but you never know how these drafts work, man. They're crazy. That's how it is. When we come back, uh, my second favorite position of the draft linebacker, a position the Packers have needed, it feels like, since Desmond Bishop and Nick Barnett. That's where you hear us next. Linebackers. Our guy Murph is very excited. Um, he is fired up. Maybe the most fired up you've been since your surgery uh, about the linebacker position. We just need uh, we need a difference maker on the second level of the defense. We have not had one in so long. Um, I brought up Desmond Bishop and Nick Barnett. If you listen to the Edge conversation, I was half joking there. Those guys were flashing the pans. I mean, but but you are like you are true on this, and I think that's the earliest you've came in on one of these. So welcome. Um, we the Packers have said with Joe Barry and the new system and the Vic Fangio, basically how you want to run your defense. You need that rangy linebacker. You need a linebacker. Roquan Smith. You need somebody to yes. run sideline to sideline. Yes. And the Packers do not have it. I like Chris Barnes. I like Kamal Martin. But those guys aren't it. Those and guys they, are weak side linebackers. Right. They are second linebackers. They're what Oren Burks we hoped would have been. Right. Exactly. And the Packers have not drafted a linebacker in the first three rounds, I think, in the last 14 drafts. Was that right? Did I see that somewhere? 14 well, rounds? Yeah, I don't since know. Nick Barnett. Yeah. I mean, Nick Barnett, I don't know where that officially ranks, but we have picked some horrendous linebackers over the yes, years. Yes, we've had some bad luck. We've had some really bad luck with linebackers. Yeah, not Desmond Bishop would have been a great player. He just got hurt. Yeah. So we just have not had an... I mean, Lost we played, the cell phone in Eau Claire. Yeah, uh, we played Clay Matthews business. at middle linebacker. We were so bad at one point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we literally took our best pass rusher and put him in the middle of the field because teams have been attacking this part of the Packers defense for 15 years. So yes. if we don't make an, if we don't really address this, I'm going to be upset. So if if they don't draft if they draft someone just kind of randomly and we're doing a live review on that Thursday night, are you going and you're probably in your cups a little bit. How mad are you going to be when you do that review? I mean, it'll I'll be pretty pissed if it's a Derek Sherrod situation where I open <laughs> up my draft magazine and he's undrafted. You know, that's how it was for people back in the day that were there. So, I mean, I'm just going to I mean, Micah Parsons. What do we have? He's he is in my for those that have been reading this for years. He's in my Eric Berry. What do we do? What do we need to do to move up to get him? The Eric Berry Memorial Award. Exactly. <laughs> what do we need to do to? Because I know Bill Belichick wants him if he doesn't get a quarterback. Yeah. He just looks at him. It's like oh, plug and play. Dante right. Hightower. Ten yeah. more years. I'll just continue to right. have an amazing defense. Does any of the? He's kind of had some off the field stuff. He's they opted out. He opted out. That, that. I, but that's. Okay, I'll, I'll say this. I've been an anti-op-out guy if you've been following along with these podcasts. I don't think it's that big of a deal for a guy like a linebacker. I, I don't. I think that's fine. Um, he's an athletic freak. The guy's a beast. I didn't even consider him on my list because I didn't think he'd be available for the Packers. But Brian Gunacoust has traded up in every one of his drafts. And so maybe a guy like Micah Parsons is the guy to trade up for, especially if he's still around. If it's before the Patriots, I think it would cost a lot. Um, that would be a, a significant move up if it would be for before, like, say, your rivals, the Bears and Vikings. It'd still cost a little, but it wouldn't be as it's a, it's a big jump. It would be a big jump and um, it'd be a big commitment to Parsons. And you hope that the you know, you hope that the Packers feel that he's Roquan Smith and Devin White and not 
um, Reuben Foster. I mean, right. With the off the field concerns right now, I mean, Reuben Foster is not a good dude. No. But John Lynch had enough, you know, faith in right. Reuben Foster at the time that he traded up to get him, and it ended up somehow the Niners are amazing at drafting, not costing that team. But Micah Parsons is that Dante Hightower type guy we've wanted and I've wanted forever. I just want someone like Roquan Smith that I just don't have to worry about missing blocks, missing missing tackles, tight ends running up the seam on them. I mean, yeah. Chris Barnes and Kamal Martin are passable. They are replacement players at the end of the day. That is why they were not drafted high. And Mike Pettin figured out how to make them okay, but they also stay, can't stay healthy. Yeah. Would you be okay if, say, Parsons goes by, he goes to New England, but there's an opportunity to move up for like a Xavier Collins. Would you be fine? Would you be fine with that? Or you you gave me a look like you wouldn't. Yeah, be. Xavier Collins has been. You know, it's interesting what position he even is. I don't know what he is. I don't know if he is a like a rover. I don't know if he's an edge rusher. I don't know if he's a linebacker. Is that maybe the concern? That, that's my concern that he doesn't have a specific fit. I know the Browns really do love him a lot. I mean, if you scan mock drafts, it's almost you know half the time he's going to the Browns, which you don't see that often once you get outside the top ten. So. I would not be willing to make a move for a guy that doesn't have a position and didn't play in a big conference out of Tulsa. Right. Even though he had just an awesome career at Tulsa. Yeah. And was was really good. That makes sense. I, I'm okay with that. I I really like Chaz Surratt. Um, he's he overplays on the run a little bit, but he's really athletic. So that's like a lot like Kamal Martin. He can go all over the field. I think he's more of a round two guy, um, but I think Surratt can really play, and I think he's really talented. Yeah, Surratt was on my list, friend of 469. That North Carolina team, um, they were pretty talented. They have a lot of good guys coming into the draft this year. Yes. I liked him a lot. Uh, Jabril Cox was not on my list. Uh, yeah. I think, is that a point of contention for us or no? Well, he was on my list, but I kind of get what you said about him. Because we talked about Cox before we were even going to do this podcast. We talked so about like, Cox mo- during the SEC I, I, season. Yeah, I watched I, Cox yeah, specifically. I, I think there is a tweet like Jabril Cox, former Green Bay, future Green Bay Packer for me. Because I do that from time to time where I'll watch a guy and I'm like, I fucking want him on the Packers. Um, and he's a little soft though. Yeah. And I think that would scare me because the Packers have had a history of drafting guys who are a little soft. And then they just, they aren't rugged enough. And they aren't ready to play in that big boy football. And I think Cox is one of those guys. And I, I'm i concerned about that, especially when he's a guy similar to what we talked about with Quincy Roche a little differently. He made the jump from North Dakota State to LSU. so interesting. I mean, what, and, what, what a different world. Right. Yeah. And it, it didn't work out for him. And I don't think it worked out for no, him. No, because he wanted to be a first-round pick, and he's probably not going to be a first-round pick now. No, I don't think so. Um, what do you think about Jamin Davis from uh, Kentucky? I think he has the range the Packers defensive coordinator once. I'm not entirely sold on it, but I can get down with it. He's a big tackle. Again, there's a little bit of that soft thing you're worried about. Yeah, he's he's a little risk for me. I put him in the Nick Bolton world of like okay, those Nick guys Bolton, yeah. that are shorter that are big college producers of tacklers that I just stay away from at this point. Because those guys, you know, the um, the guys that lead the nation in tackles never translate to the NFL anymore, I don't feel like. Yeah, it's like Luke Keekley is like the outlier, right? Like Luke Keekley was a guy who did tra- did translate, was good. Fortunately, had a lot of concussions, but he was... He was everything you wanted in a middle linebacker. A guy I would love for the Packers is Dylan Moses because I had some Dylan Moses was supposed to be a first-round pick, had the ACL injury, was never really a factor. Alabama loved this dude. I mean, Nick Saban went to leaps and bounds to, get to recruit him, which I'm sure he, right. there's a lot of stories like that. But getting some guy that didn't have the most successful Alabama recruiter, me, 
that knows how to play defense is very enticing at the end of the day. Yeah, I'm all in on the Dylan Moles idea. I think. What do you think round you get Dylan Moles in? Do you think hits as far as third round? Yeah, I think you get as far as the third round due yeah. to the injury concerns. Uh, another guy as we kind of go through, Chuck and I, top five guys we like for the Packers, and then we'll touch on some of we don't want to go to a rival. Baron Browning from Ohio State is another guy that I liked well. You know, he kind of gets overshadowed by a guy we just kind of highlighted, Tough Borland. Tough yeah. Borland is your Jake Ryan, yeah, your Blake no Martinez. Way. No way. No chance. No way. He I, got lit up by yeah, Alabama. Exactly. I want nothing to do yes. with fucking he, Tough Borland. Yeah, if t- they draft Tough Borland, I'm out. Like, you're, I, you're pissed. Tough no, Borland. There's a like. It's a very few guys where I would be like, absolutely no fucking way are we drafting and this Tuff guy. Tough Borland is there. Tough Borland is there. Okay, but Baron Browning, I would, I'd be fine with. He's you know the third to fifth round. Um, that would be acceptable to me overall. You know, Ohio State. I mean, this team is just so loaded. You look at, you go through all these draft boards. They just have so many dudes every yeah, year coming I mean, out of the draft. He was sixty six two two forty six. He had big speed and agility numbers in the uh, pro day over the weekend. Kind of drew some eyeballs last week with what he did there. So yeah, I'm I'm all about it. And I I think we've talked about Big Ten, SEC. You just feel good about those conferences and how they translate into the NFL. So here's a guy that I would mock as a linebacker. Some uh, may mock as a safety, but Jamian Sherwood, a guy I had a chance okay, to cover here we go. in West Palm we're, we're talk Sherwood, from Jensen dude. Beach. I have been telling Chuck about this guy for what two years, probably. Yeah. I mean, Jamian Sherwood is your kind of like rover linebacker safety, six two two twenty. He was a freak of nature in high school. He started or played early at Auburn. Didn't start right away. But played in the SEC, he's the type of guy that I'd be willing to take a risk on a safety role. I, I would rather so take you, a risk on a safety than like an inside outside right. linebacker. So you guy. think he's less? You think he could actually be a linebacker, not be like a Kyle Duggar or a Jeremy Chip? I think he could be Devin Bush. I okay. mean, th- th- that's high praise. But Devin Bush also runs a four four. Right. So right. that's what I'm saying. We need to f- go outside the box to fix this position. Yeah, and I, I don't think I don't hate that idea because it's like let's get creative with this and. Let's put that Raven Green position. Now, I realize you're running a different defense than you were last year. But, like, let's take that Raven Green position and kind of put it on steroids. Whether it's a guy like a Sherwood or a Xavion Collins. Like, if you could sell me on that, I'm, I'm okay with it. And I get you're not, which is fine. We don't have to agree on everything. Um, but I think that that is a good idea. And I had Sherwood in, when we were talking secondary next. That was more where I would have brought him in. And it was most for, mostly for you. But I, you've sold me enough that I, I'm into it, and I think he could be very successful. All right, let's go to rivals. Guys, we don't want to end up another per, you know team. Micah Parsons falls yes. into that category, right? Absolutely. I don't think he has a fit on the Bears because they have Rokon Smith. He could be a Viking. If he goes to the Lions, great. Go have fun with Dan Campbell. If you <laughs> Dan have off the, I don't. I can't see Dan Campbell and Micah Parsons really seeing no. eye-to-eye at the end of the day. No. I, don't I don't think I, that would I see work them out having well. many sit-downs that don't end well. I, I don't think that would work out well. I also think... Collins in a four three would be a problem. I think he's more of a four three guy. More, I think about, yeah. More I think about it, the more it seems like he'd be a four three linebacker. And I don't know, maybe that doesn't really fit with the NFC. If it doesn't fit with the NFC North, could fit with one of the NFC rivals. Where are we at with Jeremiah Osua Kumar, the Notre Dame guy that was kind of the Swiss Army knife all year for that Fighting Irish defense? So again, another guy who what position is he? Is he a is he an edge rusher? Is he a safety? Is he a middle linebacker? And will that hurt him? Now, he's gotten mocked a lot to Vegas. I've seen that a few times, right? So maybe it's not going to be a worry. But if he was a part of a rival, I think that's a concern. Because he, 
Great pedigree. Notre yeah, Dame. I don't need him going to Seattle. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That would be terrible, right? Like, that would be a bad, bad thing. For a thing. defense that's not good, getting a guy that right. was a contributor day Could one. be the next Bobby Wagner. Could be the next KJ, KJ Wright. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's not a Mike Zimmer guy. Mike Zimmer no. likes guys that, you know, fit in his, his square holes. Yeah, his him. his system, his his way. It's I mean, for Mike Zimmer, Mike Zimmer is the definition of my way or the fucking highway. That is Mike Zimmer in a nutshell. Yeah. Any other linebackers that we kind of missed that you would, you know, no, it's an I mean, interesting position. So Bolton, so Bolton, you you aren't at that high. I'm off on Bolton just You're, because okay. he he just doesn't move. If at any point in your scouting report it says struggles to cover at some point, you are not on my You're draft out. board. You're, You're just, out. I have no time for you. So who would be the guy? We haven't done this in a show, but I'm going to spring it on you since I know you're passionate about the linebacker. Who would be a guy that like would make you like want to like tear your ACL again? I mean, I think Nick. If we took Nick Bolton in the first round for some reason, I'd flip out. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I would flip That's out. What, tough right. Borland would be there, but I don't even know. Like, yeah, tough I, Borland. I mean, if you draft him in like the fourth or fifth round, do you then start talking yourself into it and you're like, well, I don't yeah. know. I, just, uh. I mean, he got abused in the national. Championship <laughs> he did. Game. I mean that that tape doesn't lie. You know what I mean? Like, and that's the best of the best. And here's one I can get mad at. Patty Fisher from Northwestern. He's a relentless tackler. I bet Mark Murphy another, sends that to Goody another, every day. Another one. Anytime. Uh, the Northwestern, the annual Northwestern pick. Yeah. Although, Northwestern coming in hot next next show. Yeah, anytime we go down the Hiawatha Trail uh, <laughs> on the Amtrak and go back to the well for unneeded Northwestern talent. I mean, those guys, Northwestern barely should be in the Big Ten for football at the end of the day. I know they beat the Badgers last year. They have a couple well, I mean, over. Ryan Field is just a house of horrors for the Badgers. Yeah. They just can't figure it out. It's okay. It, it's a it, basically it was normal last year without any fans. I mean, they just don't play to anybody. That place so. is a dump. It I, is. I've seen waste management factories look better than that. Place, Edison, so. though, is a nice city, though. I I, uh, I did a Pat Fitzgerald football camp back in the day. Oh, look at you, Pat Fitzgerald, almost a Green Bay Packers head coach. Oh my God, what could have been? Uh, oh, that so, would have been bad. That would have been bad. So that's the inside linebackers. This is a position, Chuck. I want so bad for us to, to improve. I do not want to roll in to week one with Chris Barnes and Kamal Martin. We need to make you maybe a uh, make inside linebackers relevant again. Maybe print the shirts. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it would be make uh, neck rolls cool again. Like, if if we draft Micah Parsons and he shows up day one with a neck roll, I'm going to run through the wall. Yeah, we'll print the shirts. I mean, we'll, we'll do it. I mean, we were going to have Blake Martinez fan club shirts, which I'm glad we never sent to the printers. But, you know. Yeah, you could, I, I know. Somehow we were the Blake NFL, guys. We were Blake Martinez guys. Somehow he's, the scouts still love him in New York. Like, oh, he's just such a great... Blake Martinez stinks. Yeah, like the yeah, fact that yeah. he, the fact that the Mara family paid him is an embarrassment of riches. Yeah. Um, so that's the inside linebackers. We will back to you next with the secondary. Secondary, excuse me. A big, uh, you know, a it's big the topic. It's this the is topic. The, this it's is the, the wide receivers for the Packers yeah, yes, after we resign Kevin King. So we oh. hear us next here on the Snow Tap. Nolan Murphy, Building Murph's Draft Board Manifesto. That is a long time. You, you butchered the shit out of that. <laughs> Building Murph's Draft Manifesto. We'll be back uh, next time talking secondary. Linebackers. Our guy Murph is very excited. Um, he is fired up. Maybe the most fired up you've been since your surgery uh, about the linebacker position. We just need uh, we need a difference maker on the second level of the defense. We have not had one in so long. Um, I brought up Desmond Bishop and Nick Barnett. If you listen to the Edge conversation, I was half joking there. Those guys were flashing the pans. I mean, but but you are like you are true on this, and I think that's the earliest you've came in on one of these. So welcome. Um, we the Packers have said with Joe Barry and the new system and the Vic Fangio, basically how you want to run your defense. 
You need that rangy linebacker. You need a linebacker. Roquan Smith. You need somebody to yes. run sideline to sideline. Yes. And the Packers do not have it. I like Chris Barnes. I like Kamal Martin. But those guys aren't it. Those and guys they, are weak side linebackers. Right. They are second linebackers. They're what Oren Burks we hoped would have been. Right. Exactly. And the Packers have not drafted a linebacker in the first three rounds, I think, in the last 14 drafts. Was that right? Did I see that somewhere? 14 well, rounds? Yeah, I since Nick Barnett. Yeah. I mean, Nick Barnett, I don't know where that officially ranks, but we have picked some horrendous linebackers over the yes, years. Yes, we've had some bad luck. We've had some really bad luck with linebackers. Yeah, and not Desmond Bishop would have been a great player. He just got hurt. Yeah. So we just have not had an... I mean, we Lost played, the cell phone in Eau Claire. Yeah, uh, we played Clay Matthews at middle linebacker. We were so bad at one point. Yeah. I mean, we literally took our best pass rusher and put him in the middle of the field because teams have been attacking this part of the Packers defense for 15 years. So yes. if we don't make and if we don't really address this, I'm going to be upset. So if if they don't draft if they draft someone just kind of randomly and we're doing a live review on that Thursday night, are you going and you're probably in your cups a little bit. How mad are you going to be when you do that review? I mean, it'll I'll be pretty pissed if it's a Derek Sherrod situation where I open <laughs> up my draft magazine and he's undrafted. You know, that's how it was for people back in the day that were there. So, I mean, I'm just going to I mean, Micah Parsons. What do we have? He's he is in my for those that have been reading this for years. He's in my Eric Berry. What do we do? What do we need to do to move up to get him? The Eric Berry Memorial Award. Exactly. <laughs> what do we need to do to? Because I know Bill Belichick wants him if he doesn't get a quarterback. Yeah. He just looks at him. It's like oh, plug and play. Dante right. Hightower. Ten yeah. more years. I'll just continue to right. have an amazing defense. Does any of the? He's kind of had some off the field stuff. He's they opted out. He opted we don't out. Love that. that. I, but that's. Okay, I'll, I'll say this. I've been an anti-op-out guy if you've been following along with these podcasts. I don't think it's that big of a deal for a guy like a linebacker. I, I don't. I think that's fine. Um, he's an athletic freak. The guy's a beast. I didn't even consider him on my list because I didn't think he'd be available for the Packers. But Brian Gutekus has traded up in every one of his drafts. And so maybe a guy like Micah Parsons is the guy to trade up for, especially if he's still around. If it's before the Patriots, I think it would cost a lot. Um, that would be a, a significant move up. If it would be for before, like say your rivals, the Bears and Vikings, it'd still cost a little, but it wouldn't be as. It's a, it's a big jump. It would be a big jump, and um, it'd be a big commitment to Parsons. And you hope that the you know you hope that the Packers feel that he's Roquan Smith and Devin White and not um, Reuben Foster. I mean, right. With the off the field concerns right now, I mean Reuben Foster is not a good dude. No. But John Lynch had enough you know faith in right. Reuben Foster at the time that he traded up to get him. And it ended up somehow the Niners are amazing at drafting, not costing that team. But Micah Parsons is that Dante Hightower type guy we've wanted and I've wanted forever. I just want someone like Roquan Smith that I just don't have to worry about missing blocks, missing missing tackles, tight ends running up the seam on them. I mean, yeah. Chris Barnes and Kamal Martin are passable. They are replacement players at the end of the day. That is why they were not drafted high. And Mike Pettin figured out how to make them okay, but they also stay can't stay healthy. Yeah, would you be okay if say Parsons goes by, goes to New England, but there's an opportunity to move up for like a Xavier Collins? Would you be fine? Would you be fine with that? Or you you gave me a look like you wouldn't. Yeah, Xavier Collins has been, you know, it's interesting what position he even is. I don't know what he is. I don't know if he is a like a rover. I don't know if he's an edge rusher. I don't know if he's a linebacker. Is that maybe the concern? That, that's my concern that he doesn't have a specific fit. 
I know the Browns really do love him a lot. I mean, if you scan mock drafts, it's almost, you know, half the time he's going to the Browns, which you don't see that often once you get outside the top 10. So I would not be willing to make a move for a guy that doesn't have a position and didn't play in a big conference out of Tulsa. Right. Even though he had just an awesome career at Tulsa. Yeah. And was was really good. That makes sense. I, I'm okay with that. I, I really like Chaz Surratt. Um, he's He overplays on the run a little bit, but he's really athletic. So that's like a lot like Kamal Martin. He can go all over the field. I think he's more of a round two guy, um, but I think Surratt can really play, and I think he's really talented. Yeah, Surratt was on my list, friend of four six nine. That North Carolina team, um, they were pretty talented. They have a lot of good guys coming into the draft this year. Yes, I liked him a lot. Uh, Jabril Cox was not on my list. Uh, yeah, I think is that a point of contention for us or no? Well, he was on my list, but I kind of get what you said about him because we talked about Cox before we were even going to do this podcast. We talked like, about Cox mo- during the uh, SEC season. Uh, yeah, I watched Cox. I, yeah, I, I think there is a tweet like Jabril Cox, former Green Bay, future Green Bay Packer, for me because I do that from time to time where I'll watch a guy and I'm like, I fucking want him on the Packers. Um, and he's a little soft though. Yeah. And I think that would scare me because the Packers have had a history of drafting guys who are a little soft. And then they just, they aren't rugged enough. And they aren't ready to play in that big boy football. And I think Cox is one of those guys. And I, I'm concerned about that, especially when he's a guy similar to what we talked about with Quincy Roche a little differently. He made the jump from North Dakota State to LSU. so interesting. I mean, what, and, and, what, what a different world. Right. Yeah. And it, it didn't work out for him. And I don't think it worked out for no, him. No, because he wanted to be a first-round pick, and he's probably not going to be a first-round pick now. No, I don't think so. Um, what do you think about Jamin Davis from uh, Kentucky? I think he has the range the Packers defensive coordinator once. I'm not entirely sold on it, but I can get down with it. He's a big tackle. Again, there's a little bit of that soft thing you're worried about. Yeah, he's he's a little risk for me. I put him in the Nick Bolton world of like okay, those Nick guys Bolton, yeah. that are shorter that are big college producers of tacklers that I just stay away from at this point. Because those guys, you know, the um, the guys that lead the nation in tackles never translate to the NFL anymore, I don't feel like. Yeah, it's like Luke Keekley is like the outlier, right? Like Luke Keekley was a guy who did tra- did translate, was good, fortunately had a lot of concussions, but he was... He was everything you wanted in a middle linebacker. A guy I would love for the Packers is Dylan Moses. Because Dylan Moses was supposed to be a first-round pick. Had the ACL injury. Was never really a factor. Alabama loved this dude. I mean, Nick Saban went to leaps and bounds to to recruit him. Which I'm sure there's a lot of stories like that. But getting some guy that didn't have the most successful Alabama recruiter to me that knows how to play defense is very enticing at the end of the day. Yeah, I'm all in on the Dylan Moses idea. I think, what do you think round you get Dylan Moses in? Do you think hits as far as third round? Yeah, I think you get as far as the third round due yeah. to the injury concerns. Uh, another guy as we kind of go through, Chuck and I, top five guys we like for the Packers, and then we'll touch on some of we don't want to go to a rival. Baron Browning from Ohio State is another guy that I liked well. You know, He kind of gets overshadowed by a guy we just kind of highlighted, Tough Borland. Tough yeah. Borland is your Jake Ryan. Yeah, your Blake no Martinez. Way. No way. No chance. No way. He I, got lit up by yeah, Alabama. Exactly. I want nothing to do yes. with fucking he, Tough Borland. Yeah, if t- they draft Tough Borland, I'm out. Like, you're, I, you're pissed. Tough no, Borland. There's a, like, it's a very few guys where I would be like, absolutely no fucking way are we drafting and this Tough guy. Tough Borland is there. Tough Borland is there. Okay, but Baron Browning, I would I'd be fine with. He's, you know, in the third to fifth round. Um, that would be acceptable to me overall. You know, Ohio State... I mean, this team is just so loaded. You look at it, you go through all these draft boards. They just have so many dudes every yeah, year coming I mean, out of the draft. He was 66'2", 246. He had 
big speed and agility numbers in the uh, pro day over the weekend. Kind of drew some eyeballs last week with what he did there. So yeah, I'm, I'm all about it. And I, I think we've talked about Big Ten, SEC, you just feel good about those conferences and how they translate into the NFL. So here's a guy that I would mock as a linebacker. Some uh, may mock as a safety, but Jamie and Sherwood, a guy I had a chance oh, to cover hey, here we go. in West Palm we talk from Jensen Beach. I've been telling Chuck about this guy for what, two years probably? Yeah. I mean, Jamie and Sherwood is your kind of like rover linebacker safety, 6'2", 220. He was a freak of nature in high school. He started or played early at Auburn, didn't start right away. But played in the SEC, he's the type of guy that I'd be willing to take a risk on a safety role. I, I would rather so take you, a risk on a safety than like an inside outside right. linebacker. So guy. you think he's less? You think he could actually be a linebacker, not be like a Kyle Duggar or a Jeremy Chet? I think he could be Devin Bush. I okay. mean, th- th- that's high praise. But Devin Bush also runs a four four. Right, right. So that's what I'm saying. We need to f- go outside the box to fix this position. Yeah, and I, I don't think I don't hate that idea because it's like let's get creative with this and. Let's put that Raven Green position. Now, I realize you're running a different defense than you were last year. But, like, let's take that Raven Green position and kind of put it on steroids. Whether it's a guy like a Sherwood or a Xavion Collins. Like, if you could sell me on that, I'm, I'm okay with it. And I get you're not, which is fine. We don't have to agree on everything. Um, but I think that that is a good idea. And I had Sherwood in, when we were talking secondary next. That was more where I would have brought him in. And it was most for, mostly for you. But I, you've sold me enough that I, I'm into it, and I think he could be very successful. All right, let's go to rivals, guys. We don't want to end up another per, you know team. Micah Parsons falls yes. into that category, right? Absolutely. I don't think he has a fit on the Bears because they have Roquan Smith. He could be a Viking if he goes to the Lions. Great, go have fun with Dan Campbell. If you <laughs> Dan have off the, I don't. I can't see Dan Campbell and Micah Parsons really seeing eye to eye at the end of the day. No, I, don't I don't think I, that would I see work them out having well. many sit downs that don't end well. I, I don't think that would work out well. I also think. Collins in a four three would be a problem. I think he's more of a four three guy. More Xavier, yeah. The more I think about it, the more it seems like he'd be a four three linebacker. And I don't know, maybe that doesn't really fit with the NFC. If it doesn't fit with the NFC North, could fit with one of the NFC rivals. Where are we at with Jeremiah Osua Kumar, the Notre Dame guy that was kind of the Swiss Army knife all year for that Fighting Irish defense? So again, another guy who what position is he? Is he a is he an edge rusher? Is he a safety? Is he a middle linebacker? And will that hurt him? Now, he's gotten mocked a lot to Vegas. I've seen that a few times, right? So maybe it's not going to be a worry. But if he was a part of a rival, I think that's a concern. Because he a great pedigree. Notre Seattle. Dame. I don't need him going to Seattle. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That would be terrible, right? Like, that would be a bad, bad thing. For a thing. defense that's not good, getting a guy that right. is a contributor day Could one. be the next Bobby Wagner. Could be the next KJ, KJ Wright. Yeah. Yeah. He's not a Mike Zimmer guy. Mike Zimmer no. likes guys that... You know, fit in his his square holes. Yeah, his his system, his his way. It's I mean, for Mike Zimmer, Mike Zimmer is the definition of my way or the fucking highway. That is Mike Zimmer in a nutshell. Yeah, and any other linebackers that we kind of missed that you would, you know, no, it's an I interesting mean, position. So Bolton, so Bolton, you you aren't at that high. I'm off on Bolton just You're, because. Okay, he he just doesn't move. If at any point in your scouting report it says struggles to cover at some point, you are not on my You're out. You're You're just, out. I have no time for you. So who would be the guy, we haven't done this in a show, but I'm going to spring it on you since I know you're passionate about the linebacker. Who would be a guy that like would make you like want to like tear your ACL again? I mean, I think Nick, if we took Nick Bolton in the first round for some reason, I'd flip out. Okay. 
Yeah, yeah, I would flip That's out. What, Tough Borland would be there, but I don't even know. Like, yeah, Tough Borland. I, I mean, if you draft him in like the fourth or fifth round, do you then start talking yourself into it and you're like, well, I don't yeah. know. Like, Jim, uh. I mean, he got abused in the national. <laughs> he did. Game. I mean that that tape doesn't lie. You know what I mean? Like, and that's the best of the best. And here's one I can get mad at: Patty Fisher from Northwestern. He's a relentless tackler. I bet Mark Murphy another, sends that to Goody another, every day. Another one. Anytime uh, the Northwestern, the annual Northwestern pick. Yeah. Although Northwestern coming in hot next next show. Yeah. Anytime we go down the Hiawatha Trail uh, <laughs> on the Amtrak and go back to the well for unneeded Northwestern talent. I mean, those guys, Northwestern barely should be in the Big Ten for football at the end of the day. I know they beat the Badgers last year. They have a couple. Well, I mean, Ryan Field is just a house of horrors for the Badgers. Yeah. They just can't figure it out. It's okay. It, it's a. It, basically, it was normal last year without any fans. I mean, they just don't play to anybody. That place so. is a dump. It I, is. I've seen waste management factories look better than that. Edison's always a nice city, though. I I, uh, I did a Pat Fitzgerald football camp back in the day. Oh, look at you. Pat Fitzgerald almost agreed with Packers head coach. Oh, God. Point. What could have been? Uh, <laughs> oh, that so, would have been bad. That would have been bad. So that's the inside linebackers. This is a position, Chuck, I want so bad for us to, to improve. I do not want to roll in to week one. With Chris Barnes and Kamal Martin, we need to make you maybe a uh, make inside linebackers relevant again. Maybe print the shirts. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it would be make uh, neck rolls cool again. Like if if we draft Micah Parsons and he shows up day one with a neck roll, I'm going to run through the wall. Yeah, we'll print the shirts. I mean, we'll we'll do it. I mean, we were going to have Blake Martinez fan club shirts, which I'm glad we never sent to the printers. But you know, yeah, good. I know. I know somehow the Blake guys, we're Blake Martinez guys. Somehow the scouts still love him in New York. Like, oh, he's just such a great. Blake Martinez stinks. Yeah, like the yeah, fact that yeah. I mean, the fact that the Mara family paid him is an embarrassment of riches. Yeah. Um, so that's the inside linebackers. We will back to you next with the secondary. Secondary, excuse me. A big, uh, you know, a it's big the test. Topic. It's this the is topic. The, this it's is the, the wide receivers for the Packers yeah, yes, after we resign absolutely. Kevin King. So we oh. hear us next here on the Snow Tap. Nolan Murphy, Building Murph's Draft Board Manifesto. That is a long time. You, you butchered the shit out of that. <laughs> Building Murph's Draft Manifesto. We'll be back uh, next time talking secondary.